spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. It's a whole new ball game around here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. Former NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Don't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show here on a Wednesday morning in Houston, Texas. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. (laughs) Very few cats could pull off a 25-minute Where's Waldo like Rhino can. I mean, to do what you've done in 25 minutes might be uh, unbelievable. Yep. And then you mix in your hatred. Yeah. Uh, it's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> How hey, you doing? Hey, the uh, Cougars won last night. Don't Cougars always win? T- they oh, do. Yeah, they say, do. Don't Cougars always <laughs> that win? Over, that's I mean, really, don't Cougars always win? They just happen to win. Oh, you meant the Houston Cougars. The Houston yeah. Cougars. Both Houston yeah. basketball teams are very yeah. consistent. Yeah, they, one's have consistent. The, they have similar results every game. Uh, Texans interviewed two more candidates yesterday. EJ Averro. And Thomas Brown, the Chargers assistant head coach and tied in. And lost a hot candidate, yep. too. Ben Johnson returning to the Lions amid interest elsewhere. I will tell you why I have a lot of respect for that. Uh, Aaron Rodgers mulling future with the Packers. And uh, John Wall talks about his time with the Rockets. There's some interesting stuff in that podcast that he was on. The audio was released yesterday. I'm sure Ryan was all over that. <gasps> all in all, <gasps> it's just a... Uh... Another brick in the wall. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, there we go. So when he throws up a shot that like clanks off the back of the rim or off the front of the rim or off the backboard, should that be the song? All Probably. in all, there's just a, another brick thrown by wall. Nice. Nice, see? Yeah. Yeah, no. I think so. I like Johnny. He yeah, is Johnny. He, uh, yeah, we got to dig into that a little bit later on in the show. He was talking about... Uh, Steven Silas and his time with the Rockets. Some interesting stuff. But um, Sean Payton, still the hot name out there for the Texans. And you were on in New Orleans yesterday. Uh, how many did you have yesterday? 10, 11, 12, 14? What? How yeah, many, how probably many? around double digits. Nice. Uh, Competing. Yeah. And uh, cash for remember I asked Aaron Wilson last Friday I said will money be an object a problem for the Texans right mm-hmm. and I do want to hit this Ben Johnson and why I understand why he is not leaving Detroit and people say what but I'm going to tell you why I think my gut is why he did it aside from why he says he did it which is I don't have a parallel to it with Sean Payton we're talking. And to Matt Muscana, who's one of the best radio hosts around, and he's in New Orleans, and he's fantastic. I go on with him for 30 minutes every Tuesday. And we're discussing Sean Payton being the fact that he's been in New Orleans a long time, and Payton was there a long time, so really familiar with it. And we went through a bunch of stuff, and I mentioned, I said, and, you know, what's it going to take or how bad the Texans want Sean Payton, meaning 
And Matt was asking me about it. And I said, well, he's the golden ticket of this free agent class, at least you know, when you when you think about the guys who are available. Now, somebody else may turn into a bigger golden ticket. Who knows? At the end of this, we may find the next Sean Payton or Sean McVay or Andy Reid. Who knows? I said, but one of the things in getting him should not be a problem is money. And I had saw I had seen this, but I kind of glossed over it a couple days ago. And, you know, sometimes you'll see anything, you'll, like, roll your eyes, like, yeah, sure. Like, that's going to be a problem. But he read it, too. And he and, and the guy, I think it was Mike Florio, I don't, want, I don't want to give credit where it's not due, and I do want to give credit where it's due. You know, Mike's pretty dialed into the league, right? Now, he says he, he's, Mike's a radio host, goes on TV, and and talked about what Sean Payton's going to command. Now, Sean McVay makes $18 million a year, which makes him the highest paid coach in the league, as you, we, we talked about before the show, and you looked it up just to make sure. I thought he made around $14, 15000000 million. But 18 I think he had an, an extension last year, didn't he? He did. Right, so he, up to 18 which passes up the Belichicks of the world. And I would imagine Mike Tomlin deserves to be up there, but I would imagine you know Pittsburgh Steelers' ownership is not exactly – they're not going to be the highest paid most of the time. I would imagine Andy Reid makes good coin. You know, you look around the league, guys who make money, right? So then we get to we get to to Sean Payton and what he command. And, and Matt was asking me this, Matt Muscana, and I said, "Hell, I, I, I we're, we're talking what a buck twenty five over eight to ten years, twelve million, fourteen million a year seems to me like damn a lot of money." And I didn't compute Sean McVay's eighteen million. Do you know the talk out there? About Sean McVay from, I mean, Sean Payton from, a lot of Sean's, man. What a good name. All spelled right, too. Man. Anyway, there's a lot of, uh, you know, this, the, the, the talk. And if it just came from some dude who's just scrolling up and down Twitter, it'd bother me. And sometimes if it comes from a hot take artist, it bothers you. But even if a hot take artist or a, a, a journalist, if they're dialed in and somebody has insight... And now when you think about McVay, it makes sense because it's not if, – even if you don't think they're the best coach or the best quarterback or the best wide receiver, it's the timing of it, right? When you, It's like a baseball player. Somebody makes a lot of money. say, how's that guy make $35 million a year? Timing. Now, sometimes you go out and have an Aaron Judge-type season, and you're a free agent, and you get paid like you're supposed to get paid. But sometimes, like, well, hey, guy came along, free agency. There's more, more need than, than – more uh, demand than supply. But with the supply and demand here, it's the same way in the NFL. People are craving Sean Payton. Do you know that the talk out there is he's going to make between twenty and twenty-five million a year? God. So I've got yeah. this. I've got this list. Of and the so coaches. when Muscana told me that, yeah. I told him. I mean, I told him that, and then he later on he goes, "I want to go back to the money thing, Sean," and talked, and he and he had credited Florio, and cited him, and I'm like. He said, you, did you? I said, yeah, I read it, but it's hard for me to fathom. Think about this. That's $8 million. I mean, that's eight years around, between eight and ten years, which it's going to take to get him. For 20, if it's 25 a year, we're talking 200 to $225 million, dude, for, for a head coach. Now, if you can get it, you're worth what you can negotiate. Right. But, but think about this. Well, you're going to have to open that checkbook, and you're going to have to get rid of a draft pick. Right, and that's it. And we got to that conversation, too. What would you give up Would you to get him? And, and which we've talked about, I'm sure we'll discuss ad nauseum until this, Sean Payton is, is signed somewhere or even thereafter. If, if, and the thought is, and we'll hit it in a sec, but I, I, and then Matt revisited, he goes, but Sean, back to the money thing, because I had said, I don't know, 14 million bucks. He said, well, here's what Florio said. I said, I know I saw that, but I kind of glossed over it. And at 20 to 25 million bucks a year, now McVay's got one Super Bowl, been to two, and makes 18. 
timing. The reason why now you almost got to believe it, think about the timing of Sean Payton's return to football. They're craving him. There's openings. And he's Sean Payton. And if so if, if just for the timing of it, if McVay makes 18, shouldn't Sean Payton ask for 22, 23, 24, 25 million? Now, he may settle at 22 million, but do the math at 22 times 8. What's that? How many? What's that come out to? It's over 200. Yeah, what's it? $216 million? 22 times 8? 22 million times 8? About 216? So, actually, so 22 times 8, that's 176. 22 times 8. 22 times oh, 8. Oh, 28 times is 200. No, 2040. That's exactly right. 25 million a year is what I said. At 8 is 200,000. Yeah, you, you said between 20 and 25 million. million. So if it was 25, 8 years is 200 million. Yeah, that's where so, you get the 200 million. So, yeah. right. That's where I got the 200 million. 22 million is going to drop to like a buck 80 or something, right? Buck, what'd you say? Buck 76? Buck 76. There yeah. you go. Okay. So think about this now. So when I said money's no object at 14, I'm thinking. Then when he come back to me and ask, I'm like, well, is money an object? And when we asked Aaron Wilson, will they be competitive with the money? He said, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Are the Texans willing now, which is to pay this segment off, are you willing to give up a second, maybe a first, for Sean Payton? Let's just say $20 million a year for eight years. <laughs> That's $160 million bucks. Okay. $160 million for eight years. That's going to be on the low end more than likely. All right, so $160 million for eight years, a draft pick. Or Mike Kafka for $5 million a year, $30 million for, for six years. What are you willing to do? I'm going Kafka. I'm it, sorry. More, That's a more, lot of money. Yeah, the difference is, can Kafka in five years do what Sean Payton can do in five that's what you have to. I'm just using Kafka as an yeah. example because he's after what he did to the Vikings, his star continues to rise. And now that Ben Johnson's out of the mix, Jim Harbaugh's out of the mix, he's getting a job if he wants it. So, twenty-five million, which I think Peyton probably going to ask for. I, I mean, I couldn't fathom it at first. When I first read it, I'm like, "Come on, man!" But you start to do the math with Sean McVay, and you're like, "Hmm." The truth is, he's probably not getting anything less than twenty. No. Now the Texans, no. are you willing? That's about $16 million more than the coach or whatever that they just had. Now, so is it worth it? It's not my money. You go ahead and pay it. But somebody's going to pay it. So, so the question asked, would you pay it here? So I've got uh, the article that we were talking about before we came on air. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sean McVay is the highest paid coach in the NFL. He makes between 15 and $18 million due to incentives and bonuses and things like that. You got Bill Belichick, number two, at 12 and a half. And then you got Pete Carroll at $11 million. That's that, right. So ten, those three are making 10 or more million. Right below them, Kyle Shanahan at nine and a half. And then five is John Harbaugh, Harbaugh at $9 million. Okay, think about this now. And Andy's not even at $9 million yet? Andy Reid? Uh, Andy Reid. Now think about the and timing. Andy Reid is at eight million. Tomlin and Andy Reid. I can along with Belichick. Let's say Tomlin and Andy Reid are top three coaches in this league. They're making. See, that's what I'm talking about. Timing. Does Shanahan deserve more money than Andy Reid or Mike Tomlin? Get the hell out of here. But the timing of his contract says he does. So I know he deserves it because he's getting paid it, and his team's great this year. So you get my point, right? Hell, Andy Reid's had five, four straight AFC Championship games. And we don't, you know, he's just like, I guess Andy's like, whatever, they'll pay me when they pay me. But point is, think about when all this is done. Sean Payton is going to more than double Andy Reid, 
and Mike Tomlin's money. Mike Tomlin at eight million. Matt Rule was making eight and a half before he got fired. Yeah. So, and Sean Payton's going to ask for twenty five million bucks, dude, or close to it. So it's something worth discussing. I don't care how much he makes. Good for him because it isn't my money. But when you start to talk about the path to get him and what it's going to take, and I know he's disappointed in his people because Arizona hired a GM and his people are bummed that they didn't like give him a chance because that would have right. been, like I told you, that would have been the for him the perfect place just on power because he would have brought in his guy. He would Listen, who had more power, Gruden or Mike Mayock? Oh, Gruden, man. and they were together. Right. Gruden actually brought him with him. So when the general manager comes with the coach, guess who has more power? The coach does, because the general manager probably wouldn't be getting that job unless Sean Payton right. got it. So point right. is, is, you go in and now you get to control it. Now you don't, because somebody else has been hired, and the talk that Brian Flores may be the guy, right, mm -hmm. in Arizona. So with that 20 to 25, mull that over during the break. And I'll also tell you why I think, aside from what he wants to accomplish there, and I admire him for it. Why Ben Johnson, I believe, and I've seen this movie, and we don't see this very often, why I believe that part of it is the reason he's staying in Detroit and not entertaining. Because I think he would have had an offer. And you say, how would you turn it down? We'll discuss it, man. I, I think, and I find it interesting, and I also applaud it if this is how it, if deep down he has this somewhat of this feeling inside him. If you're the Houston Texans, would you shell out $20 million a year for Sean Payton? We'll talk about it next on the Sean Salisbury Show. Hey, this is Charles Barkley. You guys thought I put on some weight since my playing days? You should see Sean Salisbury. Horrible. Now back to the Sean Salisbury Show. <laughs> what a knucklehead. Show on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. Rockets taking on the Hornets tonight. Cougars beat Tulane. Ben Johnson returning to the Lions, taking himself out of head coaching considerations. Aaron Rodgers mulling his future with the Packers. We got the stakeout coming up at 7.15. We got the wrath of Sean at 8 o'clock this morning. We got Ian Rappaport, National NFL Insider, at 8.30. Sean Payton could command twenty to twenty-five million dollars a year. You'd also have to uh, give away some sort of draft pick, whether that's the number twelve overall, if you're the Texans, or uh, one of your early. I think they have the thirty-third pick in the draft, which is a second-round pick. You're gonna have to give up something. So the question I tease and the question I ask is: If you're the Texans, do you open up that check, uh, that checkbook, and give them a blank check? What if it comes down to everything's done but the money and you don't want to pay him $25 million? Do you think that would be the – what will be a bigger – That's the deciding what factor. What will be a bigger money? hurdle, the draft pick or the money? I think the bigger hurdle is probably going to be the money. For a billionaire. But, I mean, look at – I mean, look. Like, look at the what, – okay, what's the biggest so contract that the Texans you, have given out? I, well, but but guess what? But wait, 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 what's been the result? 
Sometimes you got to. What was what did I say yesterday about having to overpay? Oh yeah, on players and coach. Sometimes you know Sam was on. Yeah, Sambo. Yeah. So sometimes you got to overpay on both. But here's why I don't care about the money. It ain't mine. It's not so mine. So do it. All right. Would you pay twenty million for Sean McVay to come here and be your coach? Yeah. Absolutely. What's the difference between McVay and Peyton other than one's been in it longer? I would say, um, for now, for me, I open up what's the checkbook, the di- What's man. the difference, though? Uh, age. That's about it. And does it matter? Sean Payne's uh, in no. his 50s, in his coaching career. No, prime. I didn't know. Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, 50s or 60s there. <laughs> both of them. And I think Mike might be in his 50s. Andy in his early 60s. They're successful. Pete Carroll's in the 70s. Look what he did with that team. So it's not the youth. It's how you apply, how you teach. And then you got to get good players. Pete, they, they, there was a couple years ago we thought, well, Pete's going to get fired. And now look what he does. They got good players back again, and boom, here we are. Changed a little bit of culture. So, so if you'd pay $20 million for McVay, would you pay $15 million for Dan Campbell? Uh, After what he's done, look what he's done with a team that we would consider a hack team the last handful of years. Yeah, probably. I probably would. Okay. He's electric, man. Energetic, all yes. of it. Okay. Commands locker room. So relates if I, to I, the I'm players. Just re- I would do it. Matt Eberflus in in Chicago. No. What about uh, our guy in uh, Philadelphia, um, Sirianni? Look what he's done in two years. Would you pay him ten million? Yeah. Would you pay? Would you pay? Uh, Lafleur's won thirteen games three out of the last four years. Paying him $15 million? Yeah. Why not Sean Payton 20, 25? I mean, it's not my money. Yeah, I mean, it's we're past the my... point. Well, look what we're doing in college. Jimbo Fisher makes over $100 million. How many national titles he won at Texas A&M? They're never going to win a national okay, title. How many has he won, though, at None. A&M? He won None. one at Florida State. What have they even done there how besides many t- the, the COVID year? How many great seasons has Mel Tucker had cool. at Michigan State or when he left Colorado? Was it Colorado? Did it, was Mel Tucker at Colorado for a minute? Mel Tucker. Colorado, right? Yes. Okay. And, and then he went to and Mel Tucker, great recruiter, hell of an assistant coach, and seems to be a good head coach. Well, he's making almost between 90 and $100 million. The point I'm making, Harbaugh's making all that money. He's making, uh, yeah, Mel Tucker making $9.5 There you go. And he's 18 and 14 at Michigan State. So, 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 and he got paid on, people love him. He obviously interviewed well. And he's been, a, Mel Tucker's been a hell of a recruiter and had an assistant coach for a long time. And as a head coach, he came in at the right time and 18 and 14. I'm not saying Mel Tucker can't coach. My point is he's making almost $100 million. Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, okay, Are we, re- we rewarded Jimbo Fisher for his pass and his potential and his recruiting. Jimbo Fisher makes over $100 million. Jim Harbaugh. How many national titles Jim Harbaugh won? Oh, none. He's going to make over $10 million in Michigan. Now, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, you, can, you, get, you get it, right? Yeah. So what, what you're saying. My, my point is, is that the salaries are going up so high. That we are five years away from Jim Harbaugh, Mel Tucker, um, Jimbo Fisher. Listen, now hear me out. We are about five, and now with name, image, and likeness, and the way the money rises, we are a half a dozen years away from Jimbo Fisher being and Mel Tucker being the twelfth highest paid coaches in the league, fifteenth highest paid. Kirby Smart's contract's going to keep going up. He keeps winning. He's going to. You're going to blink, and he and Saban are going to be making twenty million years. College coaches. It used to be you'd leave college to go to the pros. You know why? Ego and the money was so great. Got to make the shift. Got to go get paid more money as an NFL head coach. We are now to the point with. Well, 
Jim Jimbo Fisher, I will bet you makes more money than eighty than all but about eight NFL head coaches. Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh. I'm just going by guys. Mel who, Tucker is making more money than Andy Reid. Brian Kelly, close to a hundred million dollars at LSU. So if you're doing that at a college campus, oh, we can't afford that at a state university. Well, they're paying it. And you got big alumni and big boosters that want to win. So now you go to the NFL, and now look at this. Okay. Jimbo Fisher, Mel Tucker, Jim Harbaugh, who I like. I'm just talking about guys who aren't dominating this landscape. Brian Kelly, all good coaches, and all with potential national title teams. Fisher's won one. The other guys haven't. Think about this. All of them make more money than Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid. Mike Tomlin and Andy Reid are equivalent to a guy going to 12 Pro Bowls and being the 10th paid player on the team and still the best player on the team. To Sean Payton we go. Do you know the greatest thing that happened to Sean Payton, aside from winning a Super Bowl as a football coach? Sitting out. Walking away. Yep, stepping away from the game. Because if he's in New Orleans, okay, dude, let's upgrade your contract to 12 a year. 12 a year to keep you. He's going to make double that because he left, created desperation for other guys. We crave him. If Nick Saban watched, I'm telling you right now, Urban Meyer goes back to college or somebody fell in love. If you could clear that slate, dude's getting paid 10 million plus easy. Nick Saban walks away from Alabama for a year. Comes back after doing ESPN television for a year. What do you think he's getting paid? So he's making, I think... Kirby Smart decides, I've won two, I'm going to go away for a year. So I think Nick Saban's like right at around 12 and a half. That'll be 20. I was going to say, so that's probably easy, an easy 20 if he left. So... Just to try to bring him back. By, by taking time off, you've put money on. If the Texans not going to pay Sean Payton $20 million plus, guess what they're not getting? They're not getting Sean Payton. That's right. Now, I'll bet if we put it at a poll question... What'll be the biggest hurdle? Money or giving up a high draft pick? I'll bet you most like me, I don't care how much he gets. I will pay him all you want. Ain't my money. If it was my money, if, it, if I was making the decision, $25 million for eight years, that's a lot of friggin' money to pay a coach. You better damn well come away in eight years. I better wear two rings, and I better be in the playoffs six or seven of those years. And I love Sean. You're worth what you can negotiate. Perspective. Tomlin hasn't had a losing season ever. Makes less money than about seven coaches who've won all between them maybe one national championship. And on their current schools, haven't sniffed it. Think about that for a second. So what, what do you think the biggest hurdle could be? You think it's the money? I you think, think the, it's the biggest hurdle is going to be giving up a first-round pick. These billionaire owners, to get Sean Payton, they'll wear it with a sense of pride, too. Look what I did. My, my, my balls are dangling down to my ankles. Where are yours? I outpaid I you. Then you're going to expect production. But the other side of it is, oh, you gave up the 12th pick? Ooh, dude. You sure you want to give up a player for a coach? What's more important, Brady or Belichick? That'll be the, that'll be the conversation. So there's, there's decisions to make. Somebody's paying that dude close to 20 million bucks or more. Every day, 
we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Four. Perspective. So, That's more than double Mike Tomlin. So with Ben Johnson taking his name Andy out, Reed. you've got um, the Cardinals hiring a new GM. Sean Payton not happy with that. Then there's some interest between... No Harbaugh in the NFL this year. No, no GM. Then there's some interest between the Panthers and Tom Brady. How does that incorporate Sean Payton? All this kind of stuff... All in the last day, it all kind of coexists. How does it? And I will tell you why Ben Johnson, who was a hot commodity, could be hotter next year. And a couple reasons why he said and why I believe he's staying in Detroit. And how does it all How does it all come together? We'll talk about that next on Sports Talk 790. Oh, also, check this out. I should have warned you. Sean only cares about cold, hard facts. Back to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Western Wednesday here on the Sean Salisbury Let's Show. Let's see. They're, they're relatively new. Named after a town in Texas. Yep. Named after a West Texas town. The Lubbocks. Close. Think oil. The Lumineers. The Lumineers. I'm kidding. Who is this? Come on. Oh, it's good. Are we talking about uh, like Friday Night Lights? Yeah. Where... What did Booby Miles say when uh, he went to go get his MRI and all that stuff? Uh, well, tell me who it is, real quick. Midland. Oh, there you go. Oh, you from Midland? I know. They're just called Midland, not the yes, Midland. It's no, Midland. Yeah, Midland. I know who that is. Yeah. That's a good call. Yeah. I was going to go Midland, Odessa, so I had a guy, you, you know what I probably said? Odessa. Odessa, probably. <laughs> yeah, good. Nice cut. Yeah, nice don't, cut. don't forget that it's Western Wednesday here yeah. on the show. I like it. Yeah. Got any Thomas Rhett? I don't know. Let's ask our resident yeah. DJ insider, Ryan guy? Money. We can get some Thomas Red for you. There's a couple of good cuts from him. Yeah, what, he, what he talks about, he just he, he can't hold it. What's the one about this girl where he keeps turning? We've heard that before on here, haven't we? The one where he like he screws it up with the he keeps screwing it up with his girlfriends. Man, there, he's got some depressing songs. Yeah, uh, "Die a Happy Man." Yeah. He got t shirt too. Um, t shirt, yeah, yeah. I heard that one driving in. Yeah. Uh, Why two country? Why it was on Y2 Country, yeah, yeah in my classic. We probably man. all listen to like Sing Along. Yeah. What's the. Uh, I was driving my classic Chevy Sugarland Silverado. Yeah, yeah. I had my custom classic Chevy Sugarland black Silverado weed that I call the I'm beauty. A, I'm an old blue. Yeah. You like that, You're day. my boy, blue. <laughs> my boy, blue. Hey, uh, what's that cut where he keeps. Uh, or Rhett keeps getting dogged by. I mean, he keeps screwing up his relationships? Uh. Good cut. He's driving in his uh the, the video has him driving in that his that old truck? No, he's driving in his convertible car. 
singing. Oh, crash and burn. Yeah, crash and burn. Yeah, crash and burn. Everybody could relate to that one, right? When it comes to relationships, right? Yeah, old Thomas Rhett. Yeah, maybe we can cook cook something up. Just let him cook. That's a crash and burn's a good cut. Yeah, because I'll tell you what, if we don't get a good coach, guess what? This franchise we in the crash and burn. Yeah, coach and and, uh, I I always want to say quarterback. I still think Davis Mills is going to be a good player in the league, but you're looking for. Blow the roof off the franchise. Yeah, you're looking for that guy. And maybe Trey Lance is available because I can tell you, right, I know who the starting quarterback going forward for the 49ers is. I'm just not sure who the backup is. Right. Trey Lance ain't the quarterback there. No. So you no. may want to get to, while, while the getting's good and you got him under a rookie contract, you either say, come on in and be the backup or we're going to, we're going to ship him for a number one because they could use a few more assets than right. damn selves. Even, right. <laughs> isn't that crazy? You say they could use a few more assets and, there's they're, they're, look at their roster. It's friggin' freak showish, but you never expect a rookie last pick of the draft to be what. And it's still listen. It's in its infancy. He wouldn't be doing the same thing here because the roster's not as good. But perfect storm for him, Brock Purdy. You don't expect Tom Brady, the 199th pick, to do what he did. You don't expect Brock Purdy, I'm not comparing the two, to come in and have everybody say, well, thanks, Jimmy, it was great. You did a good job. Good luck with your next destination. And Trey Lance, we gave up all those assets for you, but, buddy, we've seen enough. Uh, you're not our quarterback, and he's not. Oh, you can't lose your job getting injured. Your ass. Don't you want to go down that list? Ask Drew Bledsoe yeah, yeah. how that worked out. Yeah, a lot. There's quite again Trent Green and the rest of them. Kurt Warner took on that one. So and Tom Brady, obviously, you made that point. Aaron Rodgers talked about uh, Brock Purdy yesterday. Aaron Rodgers has a weekly visit with the uh, Pat McAfee show. Yeah. We got some audio that we're going to dig into a little I'm bit sure later because he, he talked about his he talked about his future um, and how he's mulling it over. And then he was asked about Brock Purdy, and the biggest thing he said he said, "I love the moxie of the kid." Well, and and the uh, he gets over bad and good plays quickly, <clears throat> which I, I which is so friggin' underrated in this league. I'm telling you, if you watched him played the last five weeks, and I said, hey, man, how many years do you think that dude's been playing? And you didn't know who he was. You used to average fans. Like, damn. Got the pull with five, six, seven years. No. He started, what, six games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty impressive. All right. I mean, this Ben Johnson stuff. Yeah, so Ben Johnson, taking his name out of the head coaching considerations, going back to Detroit, says that they are, quote, building something special. So where does this... First of all, why do you... Th- is that the true reason? I think there's a... I think that they are. I, 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 I do. They're doing some. They're doing some really good stuff. I actually think he loves Dan Campbell. L- listen, I've talked to some coaches in this league and in college football that when you have a like a college coach, when you have a great athletic director and a great president that supports you, you'll stay longer than maybe you could have gone somewhere else. Important. I know, obviously players matter. But if you also have in the NFL, if you're an assistant, you have a great head coach that you trust, you love working with your team and your quarterback, and you're comfortable wherever you are, there's something to be said for that. So I do believe that he feels like they're doing something special. Let me ask you this. Going into next year, if Rodgers isn't on Green Bay, you're t- with the with Vikings defense, you're telling me Detroit can't win the division? I think Detroit would probably be, They'll be compa- a favorite. They're, they're, with Minnesota. They, are good. they could very easily be that team next year, we say. Team that didn't make the playoffs that will win the division this year. I'm, I'm just telling you, they're building it if this momentum continues with their confidence I'm talking about. Not season-to-season momentum, but they're starting to feel like we're no longer your bye week. 
So I do believe that Ben Johnson said, we're doing something special, I want to be here. But here's what else I think. Is I believe sometimes coaches, without saying it, because you, you don't want to show that weakness. It's not a weakness. I actually think it's a strength. How many coaches have left too early to take on a job, blow it, and you never get the star back? I don't know. Will Cliff Kingsbury ever be I, I was just going to say, Cliff Kingsbury is well, the name well, that comes but, to mind. And I, maybe it wasn't too early, but we always want to jump at the first one instead of get the right one and the right timing. I believe in my heart, deep down, without him admitting it, I don't even know if Ben Johnson's married. Maybe he is with family or when he's sitting with Dan Campbell. Because Dan made the jump. He was a tight ends coach. When's the timing? You talk to mentors and people you care about. What's your suggestion? Dude, it's like telling a recruit. You know when a kid says, well, I'm going to be the 10th pick. of the Go. If that's you, you're going to be the 5th pick, go. Or just give me your honest opinion. Give me the pros and cons of both. I believe deep down that Ben Johnson, that there's a part of him that says, I'm one year premature. We had a monster year. Last year, he wasn't raving. They weren't raving about him. They've raved about him one year. To solidify in his mind that he's ready. Maybe he just is like the organizational skills of leadership. I need one more year with Dan Campbell to do this. Because if they go and do their thing now, is he taking a risk that they could fall off and not have the same year? Sure he is. But I love the guy's balls to take the risk. Mm -hmm. But he believes they're that good in building something. And so just think about how hot a commodity is now. Now put him in the playoffs, and Jared Goff throws for 4,400 yards and 32 touchdowns next year, and they have one of the best offenses in the league. Again, guess what happens now? He's even a bigger name and commodity. And when he gets the thing, he's ready for it. Take the SAT test. I didn't study. I wasn't ready the first time. Take it a second time. Oh, I increased it 400 points because I prepared. Even though you thought you were ready the first time because, you know, you're in class, you're a smart guy. I think there's sometimes with leadership that guys jump at the first opportunity, not realizing that if you'll just take a step back of patience, that, that window will open further. Instead of trying to squeeze through the window, let the rest of the league kick the friggin' door open and, 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 and shatter it where they blow a wall down like the commercial with the Mannings, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and take the half the house, open it up, you walk through that thing, put your shoulders back and go do your thing. I do believe there's a part of him that says, I, I, I need one more year to get ready. Because once the opportunity presents itself, I ain't ever giving it back. I think it's smart. I, I don't have one issue. Well, why is he not going? Slow your roll. The dude's in his 30s. He's going to be fine. So do you think, because there was a report out yesterday that he was like going to be the leading candidate for the Panthers job. Great. Just because the leading candidate doesn't but, mean you have to take it. But... Sean Payton is getting ready to interview with the Panthers. And may be able and to bring his GM. And try to go after Tom Brady if Tom Brady decides right. to play again. So do you think at any point Ben Johnson saw kind of the writing on the wall and was like, ah, I'm just going to go back to Detroit, places the Texans. But there's other places that are interested in him. Here's another thing. Maybe Ben Johnson thought, okay, I don't want to be looked at as anybody's second choice. You know that, oh, you're the fourth guy taken, that, 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 that there's something that people may view it wrong. I do believe that maybe he felt he wasn't ready yet. to. He's ready to call X's and O's, hell, you watch him. But to command a building, it's a, different, it's a whole different ballgame. Some can't. Some can for a minute. Can you sustain it like the dude in Pittsburgh? That's how you do it. So I don't have a problem with it. Good for him. I'll bet you it'll pay off because I'm going to tell you right now, if we're just looking ahead for teams that aren't still playing, how can you not love what the Detroit Lions are starting to do? And they stuck through it with Dan Campbell, and now look. 
I'll take Pretty it. Pretty impressive. You're damn right. It is in the continuity of keeping a staff together is huge. Big time. Yep. Big time. The Texans have completed interviews with six potential head coaches. D'Amico Ryan's in a couple of days. Which name is the favorite outside of Sean Payton? That's next on the Sean Salisbury Show. Hey, guys. Trajan Wealth wants to give you some guidance. Let's get your financial life in order, right? Let's give you peace of mind and comfort to know that somebody's standing shoulder to shoulder with you. And on your same page by building a relationship and building trust. Isn't that what you need when it's your money? It's your money. How about somebody who has your best interests in mind? They're a local trusted financial fiduciary that that is their number one priority. And it should be. Everybody will tell you that wherever they're from. Are they doing it? Trajan Wealth is. You want guidance on how to navigate, for instance, a difficult inflation environment. How do you do it? Well, all of us may DIY. We may have something that we say, oh, I do this. But are you doing it completely the right way? Not 80%. Maximize it. Let Trajan Wealth answer your questions. They have answers for all your questions. Data-driven. Fee-based model. There's no hidden fees or gotchas. You're going to say, man, I, I, I thought you guys were building trust. That's not going to happen. They are building trust. So when it comes time to big decisions, and isn't the key to eliminate the valleys, maximize the peaks, and to be able to, you know, boom, steady, be steady, and take advantage of great opportunities that present themselves. And if you're not prepared for them, how in the world do you capitalize on them? Let Trajan Wealth help. Trusted, local, led by Jeff Jr., veteran-led. And when it comes to your money, your peace of mind, your security, as hard as you work, doesn't veteran-led and somebody who gets it and has answers for your questions matter? Trajan Wealth. TrajanWealth.com. Woodlands and Sugarland. 346-371-3330. Three four six three seven one thirty three thirty, and at TrajanWealth.com for your free review. Paid endorsement, no conflicts, financial advisory services offered through Trajan Wealth LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. We're going to have to turn this matter over to Sean. Oh, oh no. Uh, uh. More Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790. Well, here's your, uh, here's your banger, Sean. This is such a banger. <laughs> Even though it's about crashing and burning and screwing up your relationship... If you're going to screw it up, listen to just do it. Listen to this song. Might as well just go down swinging. Right. I mean, it's got a little bit. I haven't heard this song in forever. The lesson learned. The crash and burn. Yeah. We, we got uh, Aaron Rodgers mulling his future with the Packers. <laughs> Every dude's driving down the street going, yeah, well, this fits. Yeah, I, I let that one go and this one go. I screwed this one up. I was stupid. I said this to this. Yeah. Oh, no. Rockets Red taking hit. on the Hornets tonight. Cougars beat Tulane last night. Number one team in the land. So we got. Uh, that bitch back. <laughs> yeah. You want to just let it roll? Just for a second. Okay. Because guys are on the way into work. They got their hand on the front stone on the top of the steering wheel. They're like, yeah, 1983. Boy, what an idiot I was. Yeah, last night I said something stupid. Yeah. There is somebody driving right now 
that hears this song and it brings them back to a moment. Or more. More than one. Yeah. More than one. Because he said, I let another lover crash and burn. The lesson learned. Well, is it a crash and burn. Was it a lover? Because a lover's different than your chick, yeah. your girlfriend, you know, your wife. Well, your but, fiance, but the truth is, if you really want it both. Your significant other should be your lover. That should be the yeah. one you don't just want to marry, but you want to just get freaky with. Yeah, I feel like he's using Feeling? lover in this Meaning that's my, that's what about my girl. girl. What about lovers and friends? Well, they should be your friend, Ryan, too. can you get if that? If you get best friend, lover, and the one, it's not just the one you want to get freaky with. It's the one you want to go to church with, <laughs> take home to mom, have fun with, and then laugh with. That's when you know you got the right woman, man. The lesson learned. Love a crash and burn. Well, then you're just—it's just a bang. Then you bang to a banger. Everybody's just—I mean, no, I can't say. I mean, I don't know if you had just a lover, I guess. But I think what he's talking about is, if it was put it this way, it's not crashing and burning. If it was just for you, like a one-night stand, you're not crashing and burning. Oh yeah, I was just a lover. But if it's a lover, best friend, and your significant other, that's see, that's when you know you got it right. She's your lover that you're like, damn, I can't wait to get home. And then you got the other one. It's like I can't wait to marry her, be with her every day. And then you got the middle one. I can't wait to laugh with her, be friends. When they all combine one, if you let her go, that's then your Thomas Rhett song. You're a friggin' idiot. Or. What are we breaking it down? What is this, Keith Sweat? Close. <laughs> Close. The song is called Lovers and Friends. This is Usher, Lil John. There's nothing like a little. You gotta throw a little Luda. Don't call him Ludacris. Yeah, you got Luda. That's Ludacris that you'd say that. Then Keith sweats back and said, well, let me go back old school and see you one and raise you a couple more. Keith Sweat. Just be lovers and friends, dude. This is the song when you, like, dip in. It's double dip. You know, you're like, right, right. Oh, yeah. Left, left. Nice. Right, right. You decide just a one. It's like, one, two, switch. One. Two switch, yeah. yeah there it Feel is. Me? I'm feeling that. Right, it's a rhythm. Right, yeah. So, dude, you hear this it's song? It's a vibe. It is a vibe. Really good. Big vibes. Yeah. Sometimes, See, sometimes you want to be your lover. This one, you've convinced your girl that that's you. Then Thomas Red comes in and says, "Well, you're gonna screw it up." Right. There you go. We just went from Rudy Hugsdable. Did you play Rudy Huxtable? Yeah. Who, who was that? One of these actors? That was, actor? No, you, Rudy Huxtable. You talking about from the Cosby's? Yes, that's what uh, Luda just said. Oh, he did. I thought he you did, were telling yeah. me one of those three guys used to play Rudy <laughs> no, Huxtable. What? No. no. Luda. Is he more famous for the cuts or for Fast and Furious? Oh. oh. Now it's getting to the point it's, where that line is blurred. I would have told you a couple years ago. Ludacris, look, man, Ludacris had some banger albums. Oh, I know, back but I'm saying the, 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 the newest crowd over the last. 10 to 15 oh, they years. only know him from Fast, Fast and, and Furious. Furious. Yeah. So who gets who pulls more? Oh, we do. Luda, Fast and Furious, 
or Luda singer? Luda music, man. man. What's your fantasy off the first album? Oh, like, yeah. That song alone. Yeah, yeah come no. on, man. Right then, if he throws that out. Word of mouth, but, but the if album? He, if all wow. of a sudden he's like at a bar and he, he says, and they say, oh, man, this guy comes on, he's pulling, right? Is that what you're saying? Luda's yes. pulling, right? Yeah, but that's Luda from music, not Luda from the That's movies. what I'm talking yeah, about. absolutely. So, so you say it's Luda from the movies is cool as hell. But yeah, because this, he's a computer name, guy, a little nerdish, right? Tej, yeah. His name's Tej Parker in the right. movies. Give me Luda singing about, you know, uh, what's your fantasy, word of mouth. So album. Luda, is it close? Yeah. Is it uh, close? No, no, it is but, not close. No. But you walk in right now, you walk into a, 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 a bar, not a club, a bar where people are in there and there's Luda. Yeah. Oh. That's a guy from Fast and Furious 27. He's kind of nerdy. He's yeah. so cute. I love him. What else did he do? What else did he do? Oh, he's a. And then, he's then, a then, then somebody who's a veteran around him has been yeah. like, what'd you just ask? But a lot of people forget his first appearance in Fast and Furious was he, Too Fast and Furious. Fast Furious. 2003, yeah. when he was still a big rapper. Right. Yeah. And he was like kind of. Machine shop guy. Yeah, the like kind of rough around the edges. Yeah. And then they like transformed well, they, him into And they turned partner. it into a huge role. Right. A huge role, right. right. Well, they, and he's yeah. a big part of it. Matter of fact, if he if you didn't have him in him, you'd like, but we're missing that, something, right? Dude, the whole Fast and the Furious franchise went from actually racing cars and stealing stuff to like, going to the moon in a car. Going to the moon in a car. Fighting off 10. submarines. Fast you know? 10 comes out this year, baby. Does it really? Fast 10, your seatbelt. Yep. That's you know, the last one. You know why they can't be the last one? Because they're making too much money. Printing money, dude. Yeah. You're going to put 20 of them out there if you can keep doing it. If you can keep doing as long as as long as a couple of the fellas, you know, with the lead dog, as long as Vincenzo wants to keep doing it. Yeah. It and you mix in rock one, but and there's no confirmation. Them, you know, start to mix in. You're starting to add some bodies. Well, the and rock's then, done. Yeah, yeah right, rock's done. Right. Him, and, him and Vincenzo don't well, get along. Yeah, they, there's a little, uh, little, little ego little, there. But, Power but you know struggle. What? Sometimes money can fix fix it down the road. With Oh, man, the return. You know, I'm fast and furious. <laughs> the return means here comes the rock again. But you're right. Uh, that, that little battle. But then you real quick, you, you know, got to have loot in it. Obviously, you got to have uh, Tyrese. Tyrese has got to be in it, you know, and we'll always, you know, you know, we'll always affiliate that. You know, was a great partnership with him and Paul uh, Walker. Unfortunately, yeah. he, but it's, uh, what a tragic man gone turn way. Of, yeah, too, oh, you, you ain't kidding. Really, you, you want to talk about fantastic fight scenes in movies? People probably think Rocky and Ivan Drago, or, or Ivan Drago. Excuse me. I like to call him Ivan. I, I have one better for you. Is Luda involved? Hobbs. Taking on um, Dom Toretto. It was a good fight. Okay, who wins a fight between in real life between Statham and The Rock? Now remember, in real ma- life martial arts versus who wins oh, that Statham. fight? Statham all day. See, I think Statham beats him down. I think he does too. I yeah. think The Rock's too big, too yeah. clunky. Now, if he gets a hold of Statham, that's a different story. But Statham's too too wiry, too limp, too uh, uh, sinewy, limber. Yeah, dude, just yeah, like the flying kick. He's gonna oh, yeah. he's gonna. Wrap around, kick the rock right in his ankle, and take him to the ground. We gotta right. go to break. No, Jeez, man, we're let's flowing, just, you know man. what I like to do? Let's just fly through it. We are. I'm kidding. What we're doing. That's what we're doing. The Texans interviewing more head coaches. We go through the list. Who do you want outside of Sean Payton? That's next. Top of the hour on Sports Talk 790. It's a whole new ball game around here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. 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 Brian LaLima. 
This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Second hour of the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Rockets taking on the Hornets tonight at the Toyota Center. Cougars beat Tulane last night. Texans interviewing two more candidates for their head coaching position. That's where we start this 7 o'clock hour. They interviewed Thomas Brown. They also interviewed Ijero Ivero, the defensive coordinator from the Denver Broncos. So that makes six confirmed interviews. Thomas Brown is the assistant head coach and slash tight ends coach for the Rams. So you've interviewed Ben Johnson. You've interviewed Shane Steichen. You've interviewed Jonathan Gannon. You've interviewed Sean Payton and then EJ Averro. Uh, you've got D'Amico Ryan's coming up on Friday. Obviously, Sean Payton's going to be the most popular name f- until he signs with the team. Let me ask you, though. Are we sure he's their favorite? It's another thing you got to right. ask, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You never know. <clears throat> what if all of a sudden it's like, well, can't wait to get Kafka in here. Or can't wait to get well, I love Shane Steichen. And they requested interviews, uh, Kafka, but he is uh, holding off on interviews because he is focused on the playoffs, which rightfully so. That Giants team going into Philadelphia. Um, and I'm not so sure that uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have a cakewalk to, to beat those guys the way that they're playing. But um, Kafka is another name that we're going to definitely keep our eye on. I think when you look at these names, Sean, you look at Ben Johnson, his name, gone. Young, innovative offensive coordinator. Shane Steichen, young, innovative offensive coordinator. Mike Kafka, young, innovative offensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator. Sean Payton, been there, done that. Uh, a bright offensive mind, just a little bit older in age, just an age. And then uh, Averro from Denver, defensive coordinator. And then you got D'Amico Ryans w- waiting in the wings to have his interview with not just the Texans, but the Panthers and a couple of other teams. Um Brian Flores, the name that's it's kind of kind of wandering out there about the uh, Cardinals job, but I think when you look at the type of coaches, it's the offensive coordinator, it's the guys that are in their mid thirties. Those, if you for me, I don't know where you stand on it. For me, if you can't get Sean Payton, I would prefer it be some type of a young offensive coach. Yes, absolutely. Here's what a guy with youth and and who's had some success results, just like a player. I want. Production, not potential. And when they come together, then we got a championship caliber coach. Here's what it also says. The defensive guys, think about this. D'Amico Ryans isn't old. He's he's the oldest defensive guy there. there. Yeah. All the other dudes are young offensive. Other than Sean Payton, you're getting guys 30s, 40s. Um, I, I, I mean, even Jonathan Gannon, younger guy. They're not interviewing older defensive coaches. I don't think they've requested Dan Quinn, right? No, they have not. This list compared to last year's is literally night and day. It's not even close. I'm like, Heinz Ward got an interview last year. They got got the clown show out of the building. The clown show of X's and O's football. I don't know. Probably a nice guy. Yeah. Jack Easterby. I don't know him. But the football clown part of where you like, you don't let a hamburger front office make a steak decision. Make sense? Good analogy. Ground beef to your your bone-in ribeye yep. or whatever it is you like filet. You can't let ground beef make a steak decision. And unfortunately around here, that's what's been happening in the front office and in the, in, in the ownership in the uh, Texans organization. It's time. You're going to have to pay 
what you need to do now is break, get in, get into your safe and go get the money you'd spend on eggs and get yourself a coach that's going to be here a while. Eggs are expensive. That's exactly right. And you're going to have to pay for it. So um, I, it's coming. And I would like to think that, listen, if there's a team in this league that needs a splash higher more than anybody and a, and a splash player in this draft or more, there can't be anybody in more need than this. Right. I think it's definitely the Houston Texans. And you need something to rejuvenate this fan base. The fan base has gone through so much with this team. And you've got empty, you know, you've you haven't had very many sellouts in the last couple of years. Everything that happened to Sean Watson, you were so close, so close to beating the Chiefs and you blew it. You were on the verge of having the Titans come to Houston for the AFC championship game. They haven't recovered since. All of a sudden, Bill O'Brien got Power yep. hungry. Power struggle. Deshaun Watson wanted out. You want Jack? Then you have Jack Easterby people. doing everything. You traded like you, yeah, I'm assuming you're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins. That's right. JJ Watt for, goes away for minimal price. Yeah, for a bag of peanuts. Yeah, meaning DeAndre and you know it's it is they've need they need a, it's not just a splash hire to, to appease us as fans or right. media. It's a splash hire that that kicks ass. You need a guy who grabs the building around. Not, I don't mean literally, but, you know, grabs around the throat and says, okay, here's what we're doing. We are putting our foot on the throat of this league, and we are turning it around in a hurry. If you make a splash higher for the head coach and then you draft well, dude, this city is going to go nuts. Well, the optimism will go through, and you know what? Sometimes you need it. People need something to hang on to hope-wise, and even in football. And they've had very little when it comes to – now, they're good players, but I'm talking about where you're like, there's a – well, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. right? And there's a neon light. There's a neon. That's exact. Just ask uh, Blake Shelton. Yeah. There's a neon light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> let's, let's that go, ain't a banger. Let's Sorry. Go to Will, let's go to Willis. My man Willis. What's up, Willis? How we doing this morning? Brian, Sean, how you guys doing this morning? Good, buddy. That's good. Good. Got a couple things I want to run across to you real quick. Um, if I were the Texans, I would make a call. See if Peyton is interested in coming there. If you can't get Peyton. Mike Kappa is is underrated. Nobody's talking about him. And if you look at his body work, everywhere he's gone, he is he's evolved as as a, as a coach. He's a coordinator now. He's doing some good things in New York. He would be the guy I would target if I can get him to coach this team and team him up with Casario. They got drafted. They got cap room. They can make that quick jump very quickly. Sean, another thing I want to ask you real quick is. Would you call the Bears and and ask them? Does it make an inquiry? I don't think they would do it to see if Justin Fields is available. That's a hell of a question, and Willis, thank you. I am with you on the Kafka thing, and on record here, two and a half months ago, he was one of my favorite guys. We sat in he, a post production meeting, and you brought up Mike Kafka, and you're like, "Here's a name that no one's going to talk about." Right? That you need to. And Willis, we'd say it's like we're seeing eye to eye, brother, because you are 100 percent correct. If Sean Payton doesn't want to come here, my first choice, I love D'Amico Ryans, but if I'm going offense, I'm going right to the Giants, and I'm going to do everything I can to get Mike Kafka. I love what he's done. See, Mike Kafka's done it on a team that's great with Patrick Mahomes, and he's done it on a team that wasn't supposed to do squat. He's helped build both. Kansas City? Oh, let me tell you something. The Chiefs loved him. The Chiefs hated having to let him go. He was the next in line when Biennemi got it. He was going to be calling plays with Andy Reid. Kafka is a star in the making. I believe it. And you got to get good players. Willis, you're 100% correct. On Justin Fields, well, you know what? 
Willis, thank you. Let's let's answer that when we come back before the stakeout. Then okay. we can jump in the stakeout because it's going to require about maybe a minute or ninety seconds. I don't want to be too late getting getting yeah. a break, but he makes a good point because what if? Okay, let me real quick ask you: If you're the Chicago Bears, I've asked this before. Repeat: Five years from now, who gives you a better chance to win? Bryce Young, Justin Fields, or is it six and one half dozen the other? Ah. What do you think? Right one's now, a better I mean, passer, one's a better runner. And the other one's a better runner than the other guys. Justin Fields got a lot to learn in the pocket, but yeah. I love his ability. He's a big physical kid. Big, I'm telling you, he's a monster. And Bryce Young, maybe slide a body, but it factor. Yeah. Who's going to give you a better chance to win over the next five years? Who, yeah. who do you like more? Yeah, we'll answer that before the stakeout next on the Sean Salisbury Show. All right, let's get to my guys at Serta Pro. Listen, I am a customer, and I'm proud to be a customer. A lot of times you say, hey, I'm proud to be a teammate, and I am a teammate with Serta Pro. But I, first off, was a customer and proud to be there. Whether it's your home or your business, interior, exterior, they have been nothing but great to me. I, they come to my house and paint They've done my interior, stuff around my exterior, and my friends love it. So I am a Serta Pro customer and proud to be one. Listen, what you have to understand is each Serta Pro painter's business is independently owned and operated. Serta Pro painters, the power of pro, schedule your free estimate at SertaPro.com, and that's with a C. That's where you go to schedule it, right? The power of timeless, uh, timeliness, should I say? They show up when they say they will. The power of inspiration. They help guide you on picking a color. It's not just, oh, I want. They will walk you through it and what kind of paints to use. The power of doing it right. Protect your property as if it was their own, which is important. The power of localness. They live right where you live. And the power of minimal disruption. They work with you to ensure a smooth project. It's Serta Pro, SertaPro.com, Serta with a C. They are. The uh, official painting partner of the Houston Astros, it's Serta with a C. Serta Pro, the power of pro. This is the Sean Salisbury Show. And his name is Sean. Sean, really? uh, On Sports Talk 790. Sean, what are you hearing out there? Now, the Salisbury Stakeout. Salisbury Stakeout. On the Sean Salisbury Show. It's time for the Stakeout here on the Sean Salisbury Show. It's time for the Stakeout here on the Sean Salisbury Show. Had a little uh, mic difficulty right there. I thought, you know, I thought Ryan was going to help me out there. Mic check, mic check, one, two, three. Is this thing on? <laughs> so now I got to turn your mic on? No. No, nah, man. Oh, I almost did, but then I was like, I couldn't tell if there was a technical glitch or... There was a technical well, how glitch. How do you know that he turned turn your mic on? You, you say, don't turn my mic on. I'll tell you when you're in here slinging F-bombs during the break. Exactly. You don't want to put you out there like that. That's the other reason why I don't... Why are you guys putting my business out there on Front your, Street? Your business or your business? Your business. My business. Dude, you put a... What, did, you, did, you blow, you? did you use a curling iron this morning? I did. No, I didn't. No, I like showered. The, what are those, like, oh, what are those blow dry brushes? You like, you know how you twirl it under and I, hold it up and then blow dry it. There's an extra bouffant to your look this morning above your five head. I mean your forehead. Whoa, say it. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Five the only reason I say it's called the power alleys. Yeah, I only say it because right, you, you get a little sensitive. But you, you look, your hair looks great. Listen, it ain't the hair, brother. It's the man. It's, it's the hair. A- ask Statham. Ask Vincenzo Diesel. Mass Rhino. See? Three guys who can pull. 
and well, they don't yeah, care. These two. Yeah, you and Vincenzo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do you have to, do, I can't remember. Do we do headlines on Stakeout Day? No. Okay. Stakeout Day? Stakeout, you mean stakeout every day. Right. Stakeout, stakeout right, time. Right. Steak. Well, oh, it's all oh, the stakeout. I get it. Because your last name's Salisbury, so there's Salisbury. You realize there's some who probably and are then just... You're, and then yeah. you're staking out because you want to look at other things. Yeah, there's some that you probably Check would have to explain out. that to. Well, yeah, yeah, what a shocker. Yeah, there we go. All right, go. so I'm going to yeah. answer my other my guy... Uh, Willis. Willis's uh, second part of his question. I asked him, here's why I asked you that. Would you trade... I mean, would you... Who's going to give you a better shot? Bryce Young or Justin Fields over the next five years? If your answer to me is... I think it's six and one half dozen the other. Bryce Young, if he stays healthy, has every it factor you want. We saw great growth from uh, Justin Fields in his first year with this new coaching staff, but still has to get better as a passer. Bryce Young is a better passer than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a bigger physical body who could take over a game with his legs, and we've seen Bryce Young do amazing things with his feet too. So who gives you a better chance? If your answer is, well, I'm going to get eight wins with one, nine wins with the other, 11 wins with one, and 10 wins with the other, and I don't know, I mean, both of them, you think, have playoff moxie and the ability to get what you want, you don't, you don't trade fields. You trade the pick and gather up all kinds of assets, and, but you don't trade too far down, so you still get one of the great players at the top, add an extra first-round draft pick. But you don't tell anybody between now and then, that you're thinking about moving away from your quarterback. Why? Because you devalue the first pick you have if you wanted to trade it. So create all the, hey, we're keeping this first pick. And if you trade him, Willis asked me if I would kick the tires on it. If, in fact, they traded, we're going to trade him and draft Bryce Young. Being the fact that it's Justin Fields' third year, if I asked you the same question I did about Bryce Young, is Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, or Justin Fields giving you a better chance to a championship five years from now? Now, I could tell you this. All three need to be really, really coached up. Mechanics on one. To, to work. Will Levis, I mean, the, the production needs to go up, but his, his size, he, he's got to check every shorts and T-shirt box you can imagine this offseason. And then there's Justin Fields, who he needs to be coached up in the efficiency of the passing game to dominate on a day when his legs aren't there. We've seen Lamar Jackson elevate his game, right? Because the reason why I compare him is both can run, you can work inside zone RPO, and both have both are MVP skill sets. So, if, you, if I'm the Chicago Bears, I would not trade Justin Fields. Now, maybe that's because I want uh, Bryce Young here, but I would not trade him unless, of course, you love Bryce Young more and you've created a situation where somebody out there loves Justin Fields so much that they're going to give you a haul that you can't pass up. And then that's when you do do it because you think Bryce Young's going to give you the same thing Justin Fields does five years from now. And that's as simple as it gets. I don't think I would trade Justin Fields. Well, the, the question you have to ask is in those meetings when those, the coordinator and head coach are sitting in there and on front office and they ask this question, I just asked you, where are we going to be in five years? Dude, these questions really are pretty simple, right? right? Are we going to be further along in five years with Fields and the first pick of the draft or Fields and trading the first pick of the draft to get more capital or Trading fields for more capital, keeping Bryce Young. Where are we gonna? What gives us a better chance to win this division first? It's this one. Then do that.
regardless of what your fan base says. If you're making picks based on you and me or changes based on the fan base, we may have our opinion. But if you're listening to us and social media is your ear for who you're supposed to pick and draft, you'll never be successful. There's too many opinions. Do your due diligence and do what you love and move on. Not what you like, what you love. I'll say it every day. Yeah, right. we're, we're going to move on to the stakeout question. Rhino, what you got? Just bring it, Rhino. Just bring it. So I was looking at uh, an article here, you know, talking about, you know, Tom Brady's future. We talked about it the other day. And, uh, you know, the Raiders obviously moving on from Derek Carr. The Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders. Inside <laughs> Raiders expert. Uh, it's kind of <laughs> saying how Tom Brady to the Raiders doesn't necessarily make sense for what they've said they're trying to do. And uh, a lot of stuff with Josh McDaniels and all this good stuff. And I guess they moved on from Derek Carr to go with Jared Stidham. But now it's saying they might draft a young quarterback. So I just didn't know what your thoughts on what the Raiders should do at Quarterback is Tom Brady to the Raiders make no sense? Are they going to draft a young QB? Is Stidham not the answer? What's going on with the Raiders at quarterback? I think that's what you're going to ask yourself: is is what you did you see enough of Stidham to say he deserves to go in as our guy? I'm going to guess that they are going to say no. McDaniel's has had him for what four years now from New England and here, mm-hmm. and probably has a good idea where he can take in. I believe that if he thought he was going to take him places that he wanted to go. That they wouldn't, we wouldn't be hearing the Brady talk or young quarterback talk. So where there's a smoke, there's got to be a little bit of fire, right? And when people say, "Well, that's not where they want to build," listen, Tom Brady's the outlier, man. If you can get Brady, you can still. Dr- <laughs> if I was Tampa over the last couple of years, and I know they drafted what's his, the, the kid from here from Texas uh, from Florida, um, who's their backup? The the who was um, put up all those numbers. The, two years ago, they drafted him in a, what second or third round. Fourth round. What was the kid's name? Blaine. Uh, Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. Oh, Trask. So, yeah. so if you think Trask your future, if you don't, I would have. If I was them, would have started building for a, a top pick, a, a quarterback in Tampa. So you you got to do it. If you're the Raiders, he's the outlier. Oh well, he, that's he's not in our plans. Well, it's not like you're doing it for five years. Who gives you a better chance to win next year, Brady or Stidham? Uh, Brady. Who gives you a better chance to win next year, Brady or Will Levis? Brady. Tom Brady. If you can get him, you take him at the right price, and you 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 run him out there for a year and see with Devontae Adams and Waller and re-sign Josh Jacobs and move forward. But that doesn't mean that if Hendon Hooker's sitting there in the second round and you love to draft him, that kid's a first-round pick in my mind if he doesn't get hurt. His quantum leaps last year were were phenomenal. Draft Hendon Hooker in the second round, have Tom Brady. Who better to learn from in your first year than Tom Brady? Tom Brady, if you're an organization, this is one you just build in, man. Uh, I, I want Tom, but he's not for our future. Well, of course he's not for your future. He's going to be 46. But if you can get him for one year and it'll make a difference. And Josh McDaniels has to do what next year? If he goes and urinates down his leg as a coach, guess what they're going to do? Uh, they're going to be in the hunt for a new head so coach. So if you're selfish for no other reason and you're Josh McDaniels, what are you going to do? You're going to give you the guy who next year, if it's Brady, gives you the best chance to win. So that's why you do it. Do you want to hear the reasons why they said it doesn't make sense for the Raiders or Brady really quickly? I know we're kind of of course I would. Yeah. Uh, So it's saying that according to um, is it Ziggler or Ziegler for their Ziggler 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 said that they want to build a consistent winner, not catch lightning in a bottle. So that getting Brady, I guess, wouldn't match up with that. Uh, It says the roster has too many holes on defense. Uh, Brady wouldn't want them to waste a draft pick on a young quarterback. 
It doesn't give McDaniels a longer timeline. Uh, it wouldn't prove that McDaniels is a good coach, I guess, because he's only one with Brady and Belichick. And it says it doesn't make sense for Brady because he'd be joining a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Okay, and then I'm going to say it does make sense because you're going to save a, a general manager because Josh wanted that guy, a general manager and a uh, for sure a head coach's job if Brady plays well. Now, Tom Brady looked bad the other night in my compared to what we're used to seeing Tom Brady look. Outlier? Mm, maybe. And as long as all the credit we give Tom Brady, we sure as hell got to make sure that when he doesn't play well, that he's, he's out there. He, he's not above criticism. So uh, all those things I get, I completely do. And I don't think Tom Brady would care at this stage if he draft a rookie quarterback. I think he's past the insecure stages on the field. Secondly, yes, you don't want to catch lightning in a bottle. Call up Sean McVay and ask how that felt. <laughs> Yeah, well, I you call call him up and ask how that felt. It's not about the insecurity of the rookie quarterback. I think it's just them using a pick well, on uh, a rookie quarterback. Well, two years from now when he's broadcasting, you think Tom Brady's going to give a rat's ass what no. Oakland used on a pick for no. Las Vegas? So I don't know if he's going there. Hell, Miami makes as much sense for him, too. Yeah, Because I, I guarantee yeah. if he goes to Miami, guess who's not starting? Uh, Tua. That's exactly right. Yeah. Mike McDaniel's not an idiot either. So if Brady plays again... He's going to have a, a, a te- he ain't going to a team in my mind that doesn't have a chance to win unless he loves the quarter. And at that end, if Carolina, maybe they're the Detroit as well. Maybe those are the two teams that make a big quantum leap in the two divisions that, quite frankly, you can. Yeah. Considering, right? right. Aaron Rodgers talked about his future. What did he say? We'll hear the audio next on Sports Talk 790. He's the wise eternal judge who sits on high. Has the final say on all disputes. Back to the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. Sean Payton. Could, damn, that was a quick uh, quick hook on Blake Shelton, dude. Thanks, dog. But there's I like how you always point out my mistakes. But actually, well, no, it's was, not uh, your mistakes. That was I the mean, music player. There it goes. You th- it decided to cut off. It doesn't like Sean's neon light. Probably not his best cut. Blake Shelton? Yeah, probably not his no, best cut. Not, not. I would not consider this, and I like Blake Shelton, a banger. <laughs> I thought I would, you didn't like Blake Shelton. No, I said I don't like the cut. I like Blake Shelton. Oh. Oh. I think he's cool. I mean, I wonder, how much money do you think he gets paid for doing the, the, the voice? How much do you think those guys get paid to sit in them chairs? Probably not a lot. Pennies oh. on the dollar. What? Your yeah. ass. You guys think You're I'm going to go back and put all that in for not, you got to be, what? There's five mil, two mil, yeah. three mil? I mean, especially when you're a fixture like him, and um, he's been there for he's he's been there forever, from the since it started. According to the quick internet search, 13 million is what he has made on The Voice. Wow! Overall, his current salary per season is 13 million. Oh, okay. I was going to say 13 million. When you said this is what he's made on The Voice, I thought you meant over all the years it's been on back in, back in the in the. 
since it started that he only made thirteen million. That's a lot of money. So, but yeah, the quick thirteen says, a year. Yeah, quick search says Blake's been a coach on the Voice since twenty eleven. In the early seasons, he earned around four million per cycle. His current salary per season is thirteen million, and that was reported in the middle of December twenty twenty two. Guess what I'd do if I was Blake Sheldon? I'd keep doing the. I'd voice. keep doing the voice. Uh, absolutely. And my song that I would sing with him if I was like on there that I could do wet that I'd want him to sing. Don't, why are you laughing? Because I can only imagine. What is uh, there's it? a neon light at the end of the That's tunnel. That's what you would do at. Yeah. With Blake. That's how I'd sing it, too. He's got some good ones. That one. I mean, I'm wondering what if I could harm it. There's a neon light at the end of the tunnel. I think, right? Turn that turn that bitch-ass chair around. Yeah. Yeah. Then I'd say, Blake, I've I've always been really into. I love country music. He would say, I love Sean. I, I love your I love your energy. I love the way you look with a guitar. You're, you're tall, you're tall guy. Big, yeah, you feel yeah. like Nashville. You, you look like yeah. you feel like me. You yeah. feel like me. Look, that's my offer. Come on over I, to Team Shop. I think we can do some special stuff we here. Can do some special. And if I said together. this to you, okay, Blake, uh, and the cut I'd like to sing with you, Blake, if we could do. If I choose you, we promise we could do it, lay it down maybe for TikTok, is neon light. You know what? If you come over to Team Shelton, I'll make that happen for you, Sean. What do you say? Now, look, you've turned into Jerry Jones. <laughs> I don't know why I always Let's practice, Mike. Well, there's a neon light. Yeah. At the end of the oh, tunnel. Oh, so you're going to do it right on stage yeah. with him. Yeah, He right turns now. the chair around and you yeah, want say, to Just give me 30 seconds, right, Blake. Right. right? Yeah. I feel you, dog. <laughs> By the way, for $13 million a year... They can lay glass down between the stage and the chair, and I'm crawling over it. Really? Really? Hell yes. Whore for money. Crawl. I ain't too proud to beg. <laughs> we can all be bought. Dude, sluts one thing. I'll whore out for $13 million. What about uh, Crocs? You rocking Crocs for 13 Dude, mil? Let me tell you something. I'll wear an outfit of Crocs if for 13 mil, okay? Endorse them as loud as I can scream, too. So I can be bought. Yeah, I can be bought. I think we all can. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Thirteen mil? Are you doing it, Rhino? Price? You probably turn it down. You're selective. You're Ben. You're the Ben Johnson of of you know turning down like a head coaching opportunity to stay. I probably should stay right put here. this out there, but I'd do it for twelve. <laughs> <laughs> twelve mil? Yeah, I would too. Oh my gosh, I love it, Ryan. Have you uh? Have you? We're going to get to the Aaron Rodgers audio yeah, next Aaron segment. Oh, yeah, we got Aaron Rodgers. And we also, yesterday you teased about the quarterback growing steam heading into this draft. Yeah, climbing up the mock draft boards. What uh, quarterback is that? We'll get to that. Uh, so what were you going to ask Rhino? In the 8 o'clock He's hour. We got Ian Rappaport at 8.30, by the way. National NFL Insider. Uh, we got the Wrath of Sean coming up at 8. We'll get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff next. You been bowling at all, Ryan? Been quiet well, on the bowling front, dude. Well, I mean, it's uh, league is every Tuesday, and uh, it's funny that you bring that up. I did not bowl last night. Hammy? Uh, went down for my <laughs> afternoon nap before bowling and never woke up. So, Mr. Are you okay? Yeah, dude, I don't just know. Just tired. I think the naps have just been turning into sleep lately. Well, I mean, your body's telling you that you need sleep, son. You know yeah. what I know I think we should... Uh, just a grinder, you know? I guess so. And I you mean, got the Rockets game tonight? Yeah, big game tonight. And then I'm mm-hmm. doing the show tomorrow and hitting the road to Nolens. So you, so. Went, you went nappy nap? Yeah, I went nappy nap. Dude, you're, you're not... Basically, what you're saying is you're not committed to your craft. Uh, some would speculate that, but also when you nap at 5 o'clock, you are rolling the dice, and that's what's happened to me twice now. When I've napped at 5, I didn't wake back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
tough stuff. That yeah. is tough sledding for Some Ryan Some would say wow, you also left, you left the, the lack the, of commitment to your bowling craft. I, I did get the report that uh, apparently we have a good war as a bowling team because we oh, you won. you do? Yeah, we won without oh, Okay. Me. They won without Whoa. me. I love now, war. Rhino, the, your gloves the on the stat. mound. Somebody yep. pick it up? I'd, uh, well, they just carried my average, basically, and it's really easy to be consistent when you're not there, you know? Wow, it's 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 pretty simple just to carry your average of, what, 250? Yeah, well, it's not that high, but... Uh, but I'm going to go about 218. 204. Yeah. No, back when I was good, yeah, it's probably like low 200 right now, yeah. So, kind of kind of struggling. How do you miss league night, man? Uh, this is a good nap. I'll Let me you, just wow. explain to you. I you're not committed night. to your craft. That's... I mean, are you missing... Uh, you got a, a training session with a kid? Do you yeah. oversleep? You can set your alarm. My 13U team starts practice tonight. What are you going to do? Uh, but I'm going to be there. Yeah, I mean, I when I was at training camp, do you think I had my alarm set to make practice on Probably. time? Probably. Probably had a couple alarms set. Right, right. Right. But I mean, but when you're as good as Rhino is at his craft, you can, you know what you could do? Practice. I kind of James Hardened it, yeah. You did. You JH'd it, didn't you? Yeah. James Harden. Instead of going to the club, I went to the sheets. Yeah. <laughs> you went to club sheets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Sometimes the sheets, though, are really. Sometimes, have you ever done when you've fallen in them sheets and you wake up like, like Where do you want to sprint to the sheets because you can't wait to get a nap? I'm not a great nap guy, though. I want to be. Yeah. I do. I want to be, but I'm not a great nap guy. I feel more sluggish when I get out of a nap. Anything over about 25 to 30 minutes, I'm more pissed off than I was before I got into the sheets. Big power nap guy, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm that guy that sits at his office desk, falls asleep for 15 minutes. Like, you know, like those. You re-energized. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready. New deal. Let's yeah. go. Let's negotiate a new deal. Let's go. Let's do, uh, it. Let's do it. Aaron Rodgers talked about his future with Pat McAfee. What did he say? And will he be with Green Bay? That's next on the Sean Salisbury Show. This is Coach Holgerson. Right at the goal line. Touchdown, Cougars. You've got the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 7-9. Go Cougs. Hornets tonight at the Toyota Center. 7 p.m. tip-off. Launchpad starts at 6 o'clock here on your home for Rockets Basketball Sports Talk 790. The uh, battle for the worst record in the NBA. The Hornets have only won 11 games. The Rockets have won 10. That'll be a fun game to watch. And the Rockets have lost 11 straight. Lovely. Wow. Headed towards the lottery pick. Give me Victor Wabanyana. Ben Johnson returning to the Lions, taking himself out of head coaching considerations. Cougars beat Tulane, the number one team in the nation, continuing to win in American Athletic Conference play. We start with Aaron Rodgers this segment. He's mulling his future with the Packers. He talked about his future with Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. This is what Aaron Rodgers had to say. I think you have a feeling uh, where you're leaning, but there's a lot of things that come into play. Just on my side, it's the physical part, it's the emotional part, it's the spiritual part, it's the ability to go back out there and, and give it 100%. You know, it's also the situation and where the team is at and the focus uh, moving forward, short-term, long-term. And then, you know, it just comes down to the intuition and what it feels like in your body and what it feels like in your mind. And uh, once you commit, then you commit and you move forward, uh, whatever the decision is. And then uh, he went on to talk about uh, if he thought he could continue to play football at the high level. Do I still think I can play? Of course. Of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah. The highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Right situation? Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. 
And then lastly, he talked about being fully committed if he were to come back for another season in the NFL. It's just taking some time, taking some time, pausing, letting kind of all the emotions kind of run through you, and then and then starting to see how it feels day after day and, and what's coming to mind. You missing it, not missing it, you excited about the next season, new challenge, whatever it might be, and, and then uh, kind of lean into that, that feeling, and whatever feels right in your body is probably what it's going to be. I think it's got to be a full yes. It's got to be like a yes, 100% on yeah. in, uh, and if it's not that, then you're out. What do you make of those comments, I mean, Sean? I, I'm, listen, we... In the past, he hasn't answered questions like that. And he's left it like, you got to guess, right? What, 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 what's his next move? He just, I mean, here it's, didn't he say what we've said basically here? Saying, take a couple weeks off, don't make an emotional decision. That's number one. Do not make an emotional decision. And he won't. Secondly, and his last quote got me. And do I think he can play to, if, if he was on Miami, do I believe that, that Aaron Rodgers can win the MVP? Oh, damn right I do. I think he's that good. Now, on the other side, uh, you know, we went through a season. It was a little down season. They didn't make the playoffs. They, they won 13 games th- three straight years. So he's still a good player. Well, thinking about contemplating his 19th year, played a high level, accurate. The guy's one of the best, best arm talent throwers of the football we've ever had. Uh, people may not like his approach to things, but get over it. It's all right. He didn't. I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares for the most part if people like him or not because he has not stopped saying what he feels, and that's a good thing. So, as far as Aaron goes, I think he said it all right. You got to if it, you got to get a feel, and he opened up the door for. Um, are they going to move me? It doesn't look like he said no. I'm not going there. I, I don't. He's not. He wouldn't bash anybody. He just said, "We'll see. I'm going to take some time off to get a feel for where I am." It's a lot of things. How's my body physically? Where am I mentally? And his last one just validated what I constantly say about when you go get a player off season and get yourself get rid of the emotional part and just settle in and let all the let it clear for a couple weeks. Say, do I still love football? Do I still love playing? Are you still passionate? Are you going to put the time in the offseason to make you a good player in the fall? Because if you don't, I don't know many guys that can do nothing in the offseason and go play well in the fall. No matter what level. Now, there's certain levels of your training and saving your legs and all that, but I don't think that Aaron Rodgers needs to throw three days a week like a high school kid getting ready to go to college. But does he love it? And he said the last part is exactly right. If he loves it, Make the decision. If you're what he said is what I'm. If you're all in, 100 percent all yeah, in. It's got to be 100 percent. And you know, and yeah. anything. If you're if you love if you like something 100 percent, like turns to what love, and then yeah. he'll make that decision. Yeah. And I have zero idea. He's under contract. So are they going to keep him? They going to let him go? If he walked in there and said, "Listen, guys, I don't want to play here anymore. Turn to Jordan Love. It's time. I, I need a new. I need a new venue, and I need a new. I need a change up." I'm sure they'd try to accommodate him because you don't want because if you if you went in with that attitude, guess what? You're not all in. I my gut says Aaron Rodgers does not want to finish playing football like it ended because you heard in that comment he brought up MVP again. Mm-hmm. It matters to him, and I think if he wins another MVP, doesn't that make him the first guy that's ever won five? Five. I don't know if we've ever had anybody else. I don't think so. Hasn't Manning won four? Brady won two or three? Man, I don't think anybody's ever won five MVPs in the in the uh, in football. Peyton Manning, five? Is he tied with it? Oh three, oh four, oh eight, oh nine, twenty thirteen. Okay, so five would tie him, right? So he's at four right now. Rodgers or three? Yep. He, won, uh, he won two in a row. Doesn't Rodgers have four of them? So Aaron Rodgers has won the MVP. Four times, right? 
Let's see. Uh, well, let me let me double check. Okay. That. It, so Manning five times. I think he didn't he tie one year with. Uh, did Manning tie with Peterson one year for MVP? Did Adrian, they, did, about Adrian Peterson? Yeah. Did they yeah, tie? Me, was he a co MVP one year with somebody? That's still you're still the MVP. If I, I may be that I may have dreamt that up. I, I, I thought he had a co MVP with somebody one of those five years. Um, and I don't know. And you're having. I know you keep, it's hard hard finding it, but uh, and then Rogers I think has four of them, two in a row before this year. So, oh man, I love when uh, the old Goog machine goes out on you. Yeah. But no problem. It's not that big a deal. Somebody else probably out there has the answer now, and I'm sure when we turn on Twitter, they're going to have it. I believe Rodgers has four. I thought, and I like I said, it could be three or four. Um, and we like we said two back. Aaron Rodgers is a four time MVP. Finally, yeah. And I think that Manning ten time Pro Bowl, one Super Bowl, and he would tie Manning for five MVPs. Did Manning have a co MVP in his? If you can see that, just to, to, unless I dreamt that. Uh. Peyton Manning, five-time MVP, and we will see. Let's see. Was he co-MVP one of those years? Maybe not. Uh, you know, sometimes you just dream things. Up. Uh, but I am see. a wealth of useless knowledge, and this is probably useless. Nobody cares, but I do. Yeah, not seeing a co- uh, co-player of the year. Well, okay. With who? Uh, that was in 2012. Yeah, Adrian Peterson. There you go. Yep. So five MVPs. I think that matters to Aaron Rodgers. I do. Or he wouldn't have brought it up in a, in a conversation. So I, I think he's coming back. I just don't know where. So in 2012, Adrian Peterson won the MVP. Uh, Peyton Manning won it again in 2013, but they shared the Player of the Year award, and Peyton Manning came in second in 2012 okay. next to Adrian Peterson. So it was Offensive Player of the Year, yeah. I would imagine. Fair yes. enough. So yep. five MVPs is the standard. Yes. That's the gold standard. So Maybe. he wants that. I would think. Or why, why, why talk about it if that's you That's going to drive him. I, that's, I don't think he's quitting. No. I think he still, I don't think he wants to go out and not make it to playoffs. No. I think he wants another ring. And at a second Super Bowl sounds 10 times better than one. It, it just does. Uh, I right. mean, when you think about it, a bunch of guys got one. When you start to jump into the twos, threes, and fours, and then like 18 of them by, you know, a thousand of them with Brady, you're in rarefied air. Yeah, we got the wrath of Sean next. Top of the hour on Sports Talk 790. It's a whole new ball game around here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. Longtime friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. Can't stop, addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, it says I'm gonna win big. This is the all-new John Salisbury Show. 8 o'clock in the morning here in H-Town. Welcome into the Sean Salisbury Show. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. Aaron Rodgers mulling his future with the Packers. Ben Johnson returning to the Lions, taking himself out of head coaching consideration. Rockets taking on the Hornets tonight at Toyota Center. And the Cougars beat Tulane Last night, those Cougars still playing well, number one team in the nation. We got a lot to discuss, right? So, we do. I, my, my, listen, my wrath, I got about four of them. Mm-hmm. Time sensitive isn't a big deal. When they're time sensitive, I jump right down your throat with it, right? No, no, no wrath needed. I'm, I'm going to ask you guys a question. Is there okay. a college basketball limit on how many guys have to be 
on the bench. NBA's eight, Rhino. Yes, you got to have, yeah. have three able-bodied guys on the bench in uniform to be able to play a game. Right, because I believe the Heat were dealing with it last year, and I think they a couple times they really only had seven, but they said they had eight, and I think there was even one time where they just couldn't do it, and they had to either postpone or forfeit a game okay. because they couldn't get eight people. In college basketball, is it seven? I'm reading seven. Okay, then let me ask you this. I don't. Are we still testing? For instance, if you, if you fail a COVID test, you can't play? I, Even if you're not sick? I believe I, so. Yeah, I believe so as well. Okay, then secondly is, are we testing them? If a guy has the sniffles and he's not sick and he's going and he's... And, and, can he not play? I, I can't even believe we're having this discussion what, in that, 2023. Yeah, Iowa and Northwestern canceled their basketball game last night because of COVID concerns. The healthiest people in the world are these young athletes, right? So you, you think, right? For the most part. Yeah. I don't know yes. whether they're, I'm not getting into the political, are they or aren't they vaccinated? I don't really care if you are or aren't. That's that's your opinion and your, I know what I'm not and I know what I am. Okay. So I don't listen. That, that I'm not getting into that stuff. I that that's on you for whatever fits your schedule and your health, and how you feel about it. Um, my thing is, are we still doing this? Are are we still doing this? I if somebody out there saying, well, you know, somebody, what, what, what mask up again? Okay, just, I'm not doing. Just, that. I'll tell you that right now. I'm not doing that. Ain't it, happening. No shot. Sorry, there, there's no shot. You, you can throw that you can throw that fraudulent approach out the window, but I, I want to get back to this. <sighs> we canceled hoop game. Now they, was it was was one team only with six players? Uh, Northwestern, Northwestern only had six available players. But my question is, six available because somebody failed a test because you had to test him even though he wasn't sick. Could he have played? Because I got news for you. If I get a cold, guess what I'm doing? If I get a cold, just so you two know. And I have to blow my nose, or I'm sneezing with an allergy, or so. Guess what I'm doing? They're coming to work. Sorry, you're going to come to work. Sorry to cut you out. They're still using policies from 2021. This college is, basketball or yes. Northwestern? Co- no, college basketball. Per the league's COVID 19 forfeit policy from 20 from December of 2021. Yeah. Well, what year are we in? 2023. 2023. <sighs> All right. They, they didn't play a game. If you got a, if you sneeze tomorrow morning and have to blow your nose because you're not you feel a, a tad under the weather you got a cold you come into work if it's a cold I, I not the flu throwing up and you're sick and you can't come to work because you don't want to get anybody else sick if you have a cold are you going to work uh, I am all right I'll see you right and guess I'll what I'll here. guess what I'll gladly do accept you yeah come on man you had the sniffles seem like a week yeah I said I'm, I said I'm staving it off yeah I was still like, here Ryan like with, was still with, here with, with 1945 Alka Seltzer in a glass. That fizzles, okay? Everybody's got their own gig, but are we still canceling games? They just did. Yes. Because of, I didn't, so wait a minute, you're telling me, let me go back to this. These kids have to come and test every day? I don't know. I'm, or every I'm other looking day. that What's up right the, now. I, I don't know the protocol in college, in, in college sports. I, I think generally speaking, I'm assuming, so. We're, you're we're telling gonna, me a college basketball player, when he goes to the complex for a game, no, it, they, have to, I mean. they have to test? They're only, I think they're only getting tested if they're showing any kind of symptom or feeling under the weather. Now, that's an assumption. We'll fact check I got that, news but. for you. If I got a cold, are you going to get tested, or are you just fighting through it and not telling anybody? I'm going to fight through it. And you're, are you going to tell anybody? I mean, that's in anything. 
No, I'm not telling anything. Right. But, I mean, you might be courteous. You might be, hey, man, I'm feeling a little under weather if you want to keep your distance. That kind of thing. You no, know? I'm actually not. I'm sorry. I'm not either. Me either. I'm, yeah, I'm not going to sneeze on somebody. I'm not going to, if I'm hacking up a lung, coughing and throwing up and, yeah, you know, dropping sick. trout, I'm going to stay home. Right. At a common courtesy. Okay, yeah. But no, with, with immunity and with, I guess, I don't know how many people have their... What's it called to get a vaccination in their 44 boosters? That's up to you. Okay. Some of us may disagree with that. That's okay. Everybody has their choice. But uh, so, uh, get, let me get this straight, though. When a guy walks in, if he doesn't say, man, like right now, you got to sniffle, you got to blow your nose. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it's an allergy or something, do you have to say, oh, I heard you cough. You got to go in there and test in the complex. I, what, what's the rule? Or did nine players on uh, on Northwestern, I mean, if they're sick and can't come to work, I get it. Stay home and get yourself healthy. I'm all for it. This isn't a, oh, they're wussies or they're soft. I don't mean that. I'm talking about are we still with these health, with these kids, if they're sick, stay home. If you think you got COVID and want to test, go test. Want to test. But are, are, we, are we seriously? Hey, man, I heard the guy cough. You better go get tested before the game. I can't even find any... Um, updated article in regards to the testing policy in college athletics. Everything is from 2020, 2021. Yeah, nothing's been updated. Dude, so. I don't even know the name of the... I don't even know where you... I think you got to assume like they haven't updated any of these policies, but you know they're not probably following them. There's no way they're testing unvaccinated players three days a week. Is okay, what now one of these articles. So I'm says. assuming what twelve thirty? Are we still with twelve guys, five and then seven bench players? Is that the way it is in college basketball still? Is that man and a few you know a couple scholarship kids, six the other four yeah, or five guys behind them, and, and right things like that? Yeah. So we're assuming that six guys were sick. I mean, so sick they couldn't go to work. Is that what, what you're telling me? Yeah, so they only had six available. So, yeah, six. I'll be honest with you. I hate the rule. If you got six players. You should be able to play. Play five. Yeah. The ball ain't heavy. Sorry. Five guys. Six guys are healthy. Why can't five guys go in college, in high school basketball? Did you ever go play where the starting five played them all and one guy came off the bench for three minutes and the rest of you played the whole game in an important game? Do we know for sure if they were forced to forfeit? I don't know. Or they had the option to well, forfeit? Well, either, either way, why would you? If it was Northwestern or the NC2A, I don't know, but I why? But if I you're think... sick, I get it. Nine, I don't mean to interrupt you, Rhino, but no, you're good. if you're sick, I get it. Number right. two is, if I got six healthy players... Don't you want to play? Yes. Yeah, because unless I'm reading this wrong, if the game had started, they could play with as little as four players. Like, let's, okay. say, let's say someone got injured, another guy fouls out, blah, blah, blah. They could still technically, and I think that's only if the game is already started. So but my point is, were six guys so sick they couldn't make it to the to the court? And if that's the case, I get it. If you got COVID, stay your ass home. Well, how do you know if you're not tested? Well, you know what? If I got a cold and the sniffles, I'm not going down every single time. You're not feeling 100% and you're tired or you got an allergy. Is it an allergy? Is it COVID? I ain't running to get down and get tested. I don't even know how they test. Okay? I wouldn't even know how they do that. What do they do? Still stick a thing in your nose? I have no idea. Is that how they do it? <laughs> I'm, I don't you, know. I'm I asking the wrong guy. Yeah, I get it. I, yeah, I don't so know. So I, I don't, but my point is, I don't know why six players can't play. I don't know why... If so the, they played. Uh, they played on Sunday. They played Michigan. They lost to Michigan on Sunday. And so last night was what Tuesday. Tuesday. So between Sunday and Tuesday, six cats or more got 
so ill they couldn't play yeah, or so did they, they tested? Did they backtrack and test Michigan then since they right. were exposed? Right. You know, so now does Michigan got to cancel if they go well, back? Now, Are you forcing those guys North, to get tested? Now Northwestern is supposed to head to play Wisconsin this coming weekend, and now that game might not be played. I want to know, are the players sick? Are, are they are they really sick, or is it protocol, dude? Throw your hands up. Listen, I, hey. I'm going to go... I'm going to lean more towards protocol, COVID policy, whatever it is. I cannot believe that we What's are still po- doing this. I don't even know the policy. Though. I don't either. First of all, six players should be able to Nothing, play basketball. They are still using six, a policy from 2021. Six players should be able to play. That, right, that, that's that's my first set. If six players are healthy, how many does it take to field a court? Five. Five. Go play, dude. Hey, you got you to play 40 minutes. What? How many guys do you know are going to complain about playing 40 minutes? Uh, none. Most guys I know don't want to come out of a game. All right, so you got one guy on the bench. Oh, well. Well, that's you're thinking wrong. No. Now, if guys are sick with COVID and they are sick, you shouldn't be around the building, stay at school, go through all the protocols you need without putting somebody else at risk. I'm all for saving people, save, protecting safety and all that. I'm personally not going down to a doctor or a drive-thru every time I get a sniffle or what to, and test. Sorry, I'm not doing it. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the rules. That's why I'm asking. Did they, guys wake up on Monday saying, man, I'm not feeling well. All right, was it food? Po- All right, you guys go, t- oh, you tested positive? Sorry, we can't, we can't play. Or did the players want to play and they wouldn't let them? Did guys just say, I'm not feeling well and I'm tired and they just decided not to play? Uh, are we testing them all the time now? And now, so what is this? A cycle? This is a vicious cycle. We get, oh, can't play Saturday. Oh, now you got to go back and test the guys who did play last weekend. Oh, uh, we got to go back and listen. If you're not feeling well, when are we ever going to get back to common sense and just just respect? We've been through this whole thing. It changed the whole world. Ruined. It, 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 I mean, it, it 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 was a serious thing, and it we we've been through it. So if you haven't learned common sense and respect now, Brian, if I'm throwing up tomorrow because I'm sick, got the flu, guess what I'm doing? Not coming to work. Right. Brian, if I wake up tomorrow and I cough a few times and I got the sniffles, guess what I'm doing? Probably coming to work. There's not a problem. You're going to knock down a couple ibuprofen and And and, and a a little daytime Alka-Seltzer, and I'll see it works. Stave it off. I just don't know the protocol. Uh, Sorry. Did you just cough? Can't play a college basketball game. Stop it, okay? Yeah, I, I can guarantee. Oh, how dare you! So now are we going to make those guys not wear I, masks for the next four? Where weeks? I am, and I'm sure you can relate to this. Where I am, I don't give a damn anymore. I'm so tired of it. If people are listening to us talk about this and like, oh, how dare these I guys? Don't care. I don't give a. You know I what? Don't, I, don't I don't care, care anymore. I don't, care. I don't care. I don't care. I'm never putting one of those on my mouth again. Ever. Unless I, if I'm Ever. sick, if I'm sick, guess what I'm doing? I'm staying Stay home. home. I'm not going to. I'm not going to visit an elderly if I'm sick. Not going to put him. Uh, I'll stay home because that's common sense and respect. And you don't have to be a dumbass otherwise. But if I got the sniffles and I cough in line at the grocery store, you can shove it right up your you know what. If you turn, turn and glance at me. Oh, what are you doing here, young man? I'm, I'm buying eggs. They're expensive. You want to help? You know what? If you want to wear a mask, do it. That, I don't care. That's I don't your care. personal I don't choice. care who's vaccinated. I don't care who wears a mask. Exactly. I don't ask anybody when they're around me. Oh, did you cough? Just don't. You know, you don't just don't put your spit that's on my common way. sense. If you're going to cough, cover your damn mouth. Yes. That's that's goes back to being a child. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. damn. See, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm not doing it. I'm staying home with common sense. But if I got a cold, I'm playing in a game. I've done it. A hundred times.
So I just my whole thing about this is I just don't know. Right? Could you find any article, updated I've, articles? I've read about ten different articles while y'all are talking about the postponement and about COVID-19 protocols for the NCAA. Dude, there is either no detail or yeah. there is no update. You know why? Because they can't make a plan because they don't have a plan. Exactly. So The plan you- is to get back to normal and go play and have some common sense and respect. Stay your ass home if you're throwing up or or, or sick, it's sick and you can put people in danger. If you have a cold, blow your nose, take your dog on medicine and get your ass to class and go play. And if you're too sick to play, then go home. And if you got six players, change the rule. Five of them are required on a court. Go play. I mean, I'm, I'm so tired. And I know how dare you? How dare? You? Screw that! I'm tired. I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm not, I, I am over it. Yeah. The only okay? thing I'm common seeing, sense and respect. Yeah. They don't. Have, yeah. Do you think because we don't know what the protocol there, is? Even in these That's articles, why I went into this asking. I don't yeah, know. Even in these articles about Northwestern and Iowa, there's not a lot of detail. Not a lot of detail at all. Besides, oh, the Wisconsin game this weekend could be postponed as well. That's all you really see. The fact that they're going to could be postponed that yeah. is friggin' absurd. Unless, of course, 12 dudes have COVID and are throwing up and putting other people in danger. If 12 guys have colds, guess what? I suggest you get to the training staff early, get some vitamin D, and get your ass on the court. Continuing to stick with the basketball topic, John Wall talked about his time with the Rockets. What did he say about Steven Silas and the tank job? That's next. Sports Talk 790. Carbingo.com. You know what I'm talking about, right? You got a used vehicle. You're in it right now listening to this. And this is an easy thing to remember. You don't have to write it down, and nor should you while you're driving. If you're sitting at home, listening to this great show, and you're like, okay, what you got for me, Sean? I got a used vehicle. I want to move it. I want to trade it in for I want to get full value for it. Let's do this. Let's go to carbingo.com. Just like it sounds, carbingo.com or 87 carbingo and fill out the make model VIN number and mileage. And then an acquisition specialist at carbingo is going to get back to you about your used vehicle that you want to move and get value for within minutes. They're going to make you an offer. You're going to accept that offer. Because you're happy, because they made you the offer that you didn't want to refuse, like a couple of my buddies have done with Car Bingo, and we're so happy to do it. And I can give you their names, but I'm not going to. And then you're going to take that offer, and you're going to select if you want to drop it off or have them come pick it up. And when they show up, guess what they're going to do? They're going to hand you a check. They're going to put money in your hand, hand you a check. Right now, fast pay makes fast friends. So you get paid on the spot. Simple three-step process, all good. Carbingo.com, Carbingo.com, 87 Carbingo. This is Craig Biggio. Biggio, Biggio. You're listening to Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790. Oh, we're having some fun. Your home of the Strohs. A little you, a little me, in the same vicinity. And it's all, everyone is the first, last time. Walk away, then we hit rewind. Welcome back to the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian LaLima, Ryan Money. Aaron Rodgers mulling his future with the Packers. There's a report out that Sean Payton could command 20 to $25 million a year for whatever NFL team he signs with. Ben Johnson returning to the Lions for the offensive coordinator position. He took himself out of head coaching considerations. Uh, we continue to talk basketball. The Houston Rockets take on the Hornets tonight at Toyota Center. 7 p.m. tip-off, 6 p.m. launch pad starts here on your home for Rockets basketball. Sports Talk 790. Former Rocket John Wall was on a podcast, and that audio was put out on social media. 
And John Wall talked about his tenure with the Rockets, and this is what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Then COVID. So I'm like, I don't who playing who now. I just want to hoop. I'm just trying to get yeah. on the court. That's it. So I did that. One day I worked my ass off, played. I mean, we lost 20 in a row. We were trying to lose on purpose. Tanking. Yeah. yeah. Like we started stuck. Ain't Justin Pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we started meeting. This is how I started lining was I saw news like me, David Nawaba, mm-hmm. Jay Sean Tate, Justin Patton, somebody else. I'm like, but who the f can I win a game with with this <laughs> shit? Yeah, nah. <laughs> it's crazy though, but how how did you cause you the you the vet at that time? Being a professional. Yeah. Like I always wanted to teach them like, don't get used to this shit. It's not how the NBA is. Right. Like it's just a bad organization right now. Mm-hmm. Like they gotta like, I always talk to Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, mm-hmm. KJ. I'm like, yo, don't get adjusted to this loser. It's not how the league is. Yeah. But at the same time, I had to tell them, like, this shit y'all getting away with over here, you go to any other teams, you'd be out of the league. You'd be like, playing. you wouldn't play. You're not playing. I wouldn't play. No facts. So I'm trying to explain that to them because they think it's sweet. And I'm like, if you ever get traded and go somewhere else, you can be like, this was right. So he said a lot. He said a few other things, but that was kind of the gist of the most interesting stuff. At one point, he said... The organization, his time with the organization was beyond trash. And then I thought it was funny. Justin Patton actually commented yeah, on one of the videos pretty funny. and added him and goes, man, I thought we were tight. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, that was on the title league podcast, uh, run your race. Um, that's the, I uh, just want to make sure to give credit where credit's due. Uh, John Wall talking about, I think, and this is why we discussed a little bit in our pre-show meeting and you know how this would be relevant to what we're going through right now with the Houston Rockets is uh, in that podcast, he basically insinuated that management was telling Steven Silas, tank on purpose, lose on purpose, which well, how, long cap- that, how long has that existed in the NBA? I mean, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while, yeah. But the concerning part for me is what he said about Jalen Green and KPJ. I was about to say the same thing. That's the concerning part for me. And here's what another thing that bothers. I mean, listen, you listen to both. So you got to take it with a grain of salt because you never know if when you're in a podcast, you just you, you start flowing with your, mm-hmm. your, the. We all do. You, but you try to say you, you like to think you're on point just to how you present it. Right. Listen, going by what John Wall said, he took a lot of heat for a guy that was sitting on the sidelines. A ton of it. And he got he, destroyed. But ripped he it for carried stealing himself. Right, but he got ripped salary. by people saying, "How do you forty million? You don't want to play?" But you didn't hear we, that he was causing issues right. or anything because he did it like a but pro. But we were left with the thought that John Wall did not want to play. Right, I come away with this that John Wall did want to play. Two things: one is for John, I, I would resist calling. I can't play with this basic calling it teammates trash. They're in the NBA, so that that part of it, I, I would understand why. If you're a teammate, like, come on, man. You don't, you don't want to, if that's, was that the way you're really thinking about us? I do have this problem. You're not playing? Oh, that's sweet. That's what you're talking about, right? The players, the young players thinking, oh, this is sweet. This is a cool. You get paid, but you don't have to really go out and play. But do you know how John Wall, do you have that Play part? without accountability. Right. I want to hear, oh, hell no. That's not, we're not doing that here from a young player because he's right. Most teams, Will run your ass. You'd like to th- run your ass right out of the league if I personally ain't paying anybody forty million dollars to sit around. No, it's it's funny because right now the big talk amongst uh, the Rockets is the Rockets need a veteran point guard that plays and shows these young kids how to play on the court. Well, you had him. You had him in John Wall. Well, now you're not getting him back in John Wall no, because no after shot. you say this, you got no shot. But I mean, I'm not mad at John Wall for saying it. But when he talks about the young players thinking it's cool, basically, and I'm using my term, it's like, uh, 
hmm, uh, this is, no wonder they can't win, even when they're talented. You don't ever want to get to the point where, what do we call it, those load days and time where you don't play, getting paid not to, with John. Load what a cool job for you, yeah. John. We're allowed to say that because we in a uniform. Right. I can tell you this, if you're a player on a team and you got a guy you know can play, and on a football team, and he's not playing, dude. He'll be he'll become a pariah or the organization for not playing. He'll be like, get his ass out of here, or organization fix it. Or if a guy is healthy enough to play and decides to, well, think about how you feel about guys who sit out of big bowl games because they're to, after they've played a whole season and in a big game they decide not to play. Think about how you feel about that. Even though I know they do it, they don't want to get hurt. But think about deep down, if you're an athlete, how you kind of feel about that. So he does. We allow on. things now that they didn't, people would have never go into Magic Johnson. I know times change. Larry Bird, go, go to Michael Jordan. You're healthy. <laughs> you get paid. Tell him, I, dude. I don't. I'm not gonna play tonight. I don't feel like playing. Son, what did you just say to me? I mean, you get. You know, I know times change, but there are certain things that times should not change. To want to earn your pay, that 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 should not to want to work, that that should not change. Now I don't know. I'm not on the court. John Wall was with them. I'll take it for a guy who's there more than I'll take it from somebody from me, like who's not. But I don't want to hear that. But it, do I doubt that they are trying to that they were trying to tank, whether it's intentional or not? They're trying to get. You don't have to be a brain surgeon to figure that out. Yeah, not just here anywhere that wants to to get a better pick, right? Ryan, what were you uh, getting ready to say? Well, I just uh, there was more audio from John. It just took it was a lot of cussing, so it was going to take forever to edit. But he he went on to say that they told him they wanted him back for that second year, and he came back, and they go, "Yeah, you're going to come off the bench." And he goes, "But to who? Like, who's going to earn that role? Who's going to play over me?" And they go, well, "That's just what the GM wants." And he goes, "You know, we you know he's like I was willing to play off the bench, but I mean we're not even going to like." fight for it we're not going to earn it you know they're just going to tell me that i'm benched and they go yeah we want you to play like 10 well, to 15 minutes a game sometimes not at all you said goes, you have that audio ryan like it's too much cussing okay but he's like you know you're going to play 10 to 15 minutes a game or not at all he goes well i'm not down for that i want to play and then they just were like okay well it's probably best for you to just stay away from the team then so he said he'd have to work out before they got there he'd work mm. out and then he'd be home by the time they started working out wow and then he'd show up for the game hey. He isn't down with that. Well, what are you not down with? Or what are you down with? OPP. OPP. You know me. Yeah. I mean, this is what I'll tease for next segment. We talked about the Houston Texans getting rid of Lovey Smith like halfway through the season. They're in a, quote, rebuild. Steven Silas has been around. Is it time to move on for Steven Silas? You mean talked about are they going to get rid of Lovey yeah. Smith by the end? Not, not they got or, rid of him halfway by the time the season's over. Yes. Right. I think it's an interesting. You'll have to ask yourself this. If you had an all star, okay. Let's, yeah. You let's know what I'm going to ask. I'll, exactly I'll ask you yeah. guys, and you guys tell me. Is it time to move on from Steven Silas? Oh, just kidding. We got Ian Rappaport next. Rapture. Sorry, we're flowing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, just organic. We got a lot of coaching questions. We do. So the personnel, all that stuff, we don't know about that. But coaching questions, we do got to ask. National NFL insider Ian Rappaport joins the show next on Sports Talk 790. And we're back. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. But try to understand, try to 
This is the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lalima, Ryan Money. It's that time of the week. We welcome in national NFL insider from NFL Network, Ian Rappaport. Yep, and Rap Sheet on Twitter, our insider here on the Sean Salisbury Show, joins us now. All right, Ian, new coach here at some point. Um, how much money will it take to get Sean Payton? Just money. What's it going to take a year? Uh, a lot of money. I mean, people talk about $20 million. That seems to be a pretty big stretch. There's not a lot of coaches, if any, making $20 million. He's won a Super Bowl, uh, but just one, which is awesome, but just one. So, you know, I would expect it to be, my guess is somewhere in the 15 range, which, you know, is a lot. It's all a lot. On the other hand, it's one of the most important people in your organization. If you're going to pay like a, you know, receiver in free agency or Brandon Cooks, you know, $18 million. And certainly the guy running everything is worth 15. Um, so it's a lot, but I don't know that it'd be too much for anyone involved, really. Yeah, and I doubt that uh, Sean Payton will take a week off because he's frustrated. Uh, anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. I had to get a little dig in there, but that's well, just me. Um, I got all, you. all right, Rap. So, okay, so 15 to 17, 18, Sean McVay-type money. All right, so you mentioned yeah. he's won one Super Bowl. I hold Sean Payton in, in the highest regard. I think he's special, and I think he, he can change things in a hurry. And he got to have players, and I think he can get them. We know all about that. All right, what are the deterrents? What are the negative things? If somebody has a complaint about Sean Payton, what is it? Uh, first of all, I think he's a very good coach, too, and I think he'd be a great hire for anyone. Agreed. Um, you know, negative, he's very intense, which I don't know if it's a negative or not, but he is. He is sort of demanding and maniacal and all the things that you would sort of, you know, expect in a coach. He is hard-charging. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if any of that stuff is negative. That's just kind of who he is, and that's okay. Um, he's been really, really successful like that in his career, and I think he would probably make – some of the people who've been in the Texans organization for a while probably make some of them uncomfortable because he wants things the way he wants them. Um, might end up being a good thing, but I think that'd be the only negative I could find for him. Yeah, and he's in a position to demand stuff that a, a guy that, that hasn't been around can't, and he's good at his craft and, and a hell of a good dude. All right, with that, you, you mentioned demanding. People here go in the past and say, man, Bill O'Brien was good X's and O's, and when he got too much power, it went to hell in a handbasket. Are, is there any concern that it would be Bill O'Brien 2.0 when it comes to the power struggle in the building? You know, I don't think so. And I don't think there would be a power struggle in the building, frankly. I think with Bill O'Brien, you know, the problem was there was no one to check him. Right. It just kind of, you know, there was Jack Easterby who sort of enabled and, you know, used it as a way to get power for himself. Um, so I think that, you know, there was a void, and, you know, Easterby with a little bit of O'Brien kind of sees that void. There's not a void now of leadership. It is Nick Casario's organization to run. Um, and I don't think Sean Payton would get too much power, and I don't know that he wants too much power. I know we all focus on all the things Payton wants and final say and all that. I think what he really wants is people he can trust doing important jobs. So he can be like, all right, you guys just handle this. I will handle the coaching and I'll know it's being taken care of, and we'll be good. I think that's what he wants more than sort of being in charge of everything. Ian Rappaport, Rap Sheet on Twitter, as good as there is in the business. NFL Network's insider, our uh, insider here on the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 
790. I'm big on leadership rap. I, I'm, I'm on the inspire and trust. I think motivation's temporary. I think inspiration can be permanent. I think it lasts longer. And with Sean Payton, and you, you mentioned, I'm a big role definer. I, I think, okay. Sean Payton, am I wrong by saying the one thing that we wouldn't have to worry about when Sean Payton, if he did walk into the building, that rolls right on down to the rolls right on down to the equipment manager would be defined? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. There's always a little bit of chaos. Right, um, right. And I, I think, you know, a little bit of a whirlwind. But, you know, he he has, when he went to, there is, to me, here's the main thing, to me. When he went to New Orleans, and if he goes to Houston, there are some similarities. There are definitely some similarities. There are um, a franchise that hasn't won in a while with a fan base that's disenchanted, a team in need of a reboot, um, they need a quarterback. I mean, there's all sorts of things. And I could see him coming in and just establishing a culture, working with Nick Casario, and getting it right to a place where their fans will be, you know, over the moon happy at, at everything that has been developed. I could see that situation. And I could see him embracing Houston like he embraced New Orleans. All right, let's have a little, let's have a little, like a poll question type for you. Would, let's say he wants in that 20 million range, 18 to 20, just for the hell of it. Hell, sitting out a year increased his value. You and I both know that because of desperation on franchises. So with that, uh, what would be a bigger hurdle? A first round draft pick or $20 million a year? I don't know either that either of those things would be a hurdle. I mean, if you know, if, if you're going to trade a first-round draft pick for Sean Payton, then first of all, if you're the Texans, you have two of them, yep. so you have some things to play with, and you know that's an important thing. I mean, it really is. Like, it doesn't really get more important to me than coach. So, if you have to give up a first-round pick to get the coach you want, like to me, that's okay. When you hear this, um, oh, sorry, and, yeah, and you're talking about if you're going to pay him twenty million, you don't really give a rat's rear in about the first-round draft pick, right? As long as it's not the first, the, the second pick. Right. I don't care anyway. Right. I mean, seriously, it's one player, you know, unless it's going to be the second pick, which is, you know, theoretically a quarterback, right, you'd think. Yep. Um, then I don't really care because, like, it's one player versus someone who affects all 53 players. You think, and I said the that's, same thing. That's really dramatic. Rap, rap, I said the same thing. I said, let's just say the 12th pick, if it came to that, although I'm not going to come out of the shoot and offer that. I'm going to try to move things around and see if I can get two number twos or what have you. But if, if I had to offer the 12th, I ask you this. Ten years from now, who would have made a bigger impact on an organization? Sean Payton or the 12th pick of the draft that's not a quarterback? And I know your answer, right? That's exactly that's that's yeah. exactly feel the I, I, I same mean, way. To me, like the twelfth pick is a lottery ticket. You have two lottery tickets. One is potentially to get a quarterback. The other is to get some other really good impact player. And you know, looking at the team needs last year, you draft a corner. You have a left tackle. Maybe this would be a pass rusher. Okay, well, so you give up on a pass rusher or whatever you would take at twelve, and you get someone who affects all the players. And make everyone better. To me, that would be worth it. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blink at giving up a one for a proven coach, versus, you know, a draft pick where you think he's going to be a good player, but they aren't all great players. That's for damn sure. All right, uh, rap sheet on Twitter. Ian Rappaport joins us, NFL Network, and uh, Sean Salisbury Show Insider joins us weekly for his visit here at eight thirty. Is Sean Payton? Is it fair when some people say, well? 
He had better personnel. Should have won more than one Super Bowl. And you mentioned one Super Bowl at the beginning. He's overrated. Agree or disagree? I mean, I don't know what overrated means because... For what you're going to give up to get him. Yeah, for what you're going to get. Is he accomplished enough to give all that up to get him? Overrated meaning, could you get something cheaper and just as good or better? I don't know about just... Definitely cheaper, uh, but I don't know about just as good or better. I mean, who is that? You know, that's that's the problem. It's like, you know, if you if you look around the landscape of coaches available, you know what Sean Payton is. Who else do you look and say, all right, I definitely know what that guy is. I don't know who. Okay, you, so, you and I are saying. You seven. know, it's like the price is only yep. what you have to pay. Right. And if this is what the price is to get a really good coach, like, okay, that's what the price It's like a free agency. It's like. You know, people get upset about overpaying in free agency. Like that's the price. That's what it costs in free agency. All right, we both been Either in the. You and I both been in the league a long time. Covered it, played it, and mm-hmm. and and, and broad, broadcast about it and talk about it. You and I are making the decision on this, and we're sitting in the in, the, in an office. Whether it's the Texans, which we're talking about, or somebody else, but Texans because we're here. And you're the owner, and I'm the general manager. And I look, we look at each other, and we're de- deciding we got two guys we love. Well, let's say it's Mike Kafka because D'Amico isn't coming back here, and he's going to take another job. And we get Kafka for six years or five years at $5 million a year because we think he, from Andy Reid, and look what he did with Brian Dable, we love him, and, and Sean Payton. That's our choice. We're giving up a first-round pick and $17 million, $15 million bucks a year for Sean. We're getting Kafka for five years at $25 million. And we love his resume, considering what he's done in a short time. Can we get to the same place with both at the same amount of time? Who are we taking? You're the owner. You got to tell me. I sign off for I mean, me. Who should we? Who should we take? You get, theoretically, I'm not worried about the coach money because there's no salary right. cap. Agreed. So it's just and, it, and it's not it's my money. Money. Right. Right. And it's not my money either. Right. So as long as the owner is willing to put the resources for it to get the best coach that they can, and and. I think this owner is, really seems to be, then the money doesn't matter because, you know, the, the reason why paying players enormous salaries is always a little scary is you pay one player money, you're taking away from another player. It is a salary cap and everything is finite. Yep. Coach's salaries are not like that. All right. If They are, you know, endless. So you can pay whatever you want. Okay. Why Why is Eric Bieniemy? what's these double digits interviews now, why isn't he getting a job still? You know, I don't know. I mean, it's not its not for lack of opportunity. It's not – I don't know that there's any, like, conspiracy against Eric Bieniemy. I assume that, you know, if he was the best candidate, then, you know, he would have gotten one of these jobs. Um, I think he's an awesome offensive coordinator. It's hard for me to see what takes someone from OC to, you know, great head coach. It's not always linear, and it doesn't always happen like that. He's an awesome OC. Um and, you know, maybe there's something going on in the interviews that I don't know about. I just know he's gotten a lot of opportunities, a lot of opportunities, and still has not been hired. Will he be hired in this cycle? Uh, I don't know. If if it is, I don't know where. It would seem like a little bit of a long shot, I guess. All right. Is Justin Fields really on the trading block in Chicago? I haven't heard that. Um, now, I would imagine... They will look into literally everything because they have the number one pick. They have an- another lottery ticket themselves in Justin Fields, and if it's not them, somebody is going to pay a first rounder for Fields, I assume, right. or a second rounder, or something really good. So, you know, they have 
they can do what they want. They sort of control the draft now. And so I would imagine they'd consider a trade. I don't know if they would actually do it. And it really just depends on, are you sure, 100% sure that Justin Fields is that guy, or do you want to go to door number two who you don't know? All right, if I, this will be my final one for you. If Well, let me, one more. Rodgers, I, I, I still think he's playing. I don't know where. Chances, yeah. where, where do you think? Green Bay? I mean, you go on Pat's show, and so does Aaron, and you got a great feel for front mm-hmm. offices. Are they ready to move on from, from Aaron, and is he ready to go just kind of a change of venues and just for year 19 just to test something else out? I know what he says. Where's his heart? I do not get the sense that they are ready to move on. I don't. I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers. He's the MVP every year. I do not get the sense they're ready to move on. Um, I hadn't really gotten the sense he's ready to move on. Now, he did say it on Pat's show yesterday where he's like, whether it's this place or someplace else, and I was like, oh, right, okay. Right. But I haven't heard that in earnest. Um, you know, you could do a trade. It would be very difficult. And contractually, somebody would have to want to pay him $60 million in cash this year. That's a lot of money. Yep. That's a lot of money. Is Brady playing? So a lot of things that would have to happen for for a trade to happen. But I do believe they want him back. It's really just, does he want to be back? And does he believe in them? Brady back? Um, and where? Um, you know, I know he's going to take some time to consider his decision. My guess is he's back. But, you know, if, if he finished that game and was just like, wow, I was not good and my arm is tired and I'm tired and I'm done. Like, I wouldn't be that surprised. Like it's 45 years old, you know? Um, so he's got a decision first, you know, I know the bucks want him back, but there's going to be some other places that really have an interest in him, really going to be willing to, to kind of do whatever to get him. So, um, you know, no guarantee. I would say he ends back, ends up back in town. And are those, are those two of those teams, Miami and, and the Raiders. I don't get the sense Miami's in it. You know, they're bringing Tua back. Um, that's what it feels like. So, um, you know, I would say Raiders, maybe the Niners, if they don't go with Brock Purdy. Um, Carolina. Maybe the Titans, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely going to be some options. Yeah, I don't. That, if he wants to play. Right, Rap, I don't get the sense that either guy's retire. I, I, I just have a hunch both want to end it a little different. I do. I think they're both coming back, which is crazy. But a tribute to them, that's for sure. Unbelievable. Um, all right, well, yeah. the coaching search continues, and uh, I know the Texans are in search of, and we should have answers in the next couple weeks. We appreciate you, brother, and by this time next week, maybe we'll have one. We, and uh, we'll do it again next Wednesday. That would be nice. Yeah, no kidding. Have a good all one. Right, man. Thank you. Man. All right, buddy, you too. Take care. Yep. And Sports Talk 7. We'll come back and discuss. It's, it's interesting to know money. I mean, see, I, I'm with rap. He's just like the money kind of, eh. Not mine. No salary cap. Let's pay it. We'll discuss next here on Sports Talk 790 with Rhino and uh, Brian and a Brian and a Ryan, a.k.a. Brino on Sports Talk 790. Proudly broadcasting from the most hated city in baseball. Houston Rides with the Sean Salisbury Show on Sports Talk 790. Welcome back 
the Sean Salisbury Show. We just finished up with uh, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network. We have him every single Wednesday. If you missed that interview, it'll be up later on on the blog at sports790.com. You know, Sean, I think my biggest takeaway from what he said to us uh, just last segment was when it came to if the Texans really wanted to go get Sean Payton, he thought that giving up that number 12 pick and signing um, Sean Payton between 15 and $20 million wasn't a big deal. I think that was, that was my biggest takeaway. And then um, uh, speaking of Sean hey, yeah, Payton. It was almost like, quick, oh, you did neither one. Yeah, uh, Diana Russini uh, reporting that Sean Payton will have an in-person meeting with Panthers owner David Tepper in Manhattan this Friday. So he had a virtual interview with the Texans, and now he's actually meeting in person uh, with the Panthers. Interesting, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. And you posed a question to me about offense, defense, too. Yeah, because and he does have any. Listen, if I'm if I'm Tepper, if you've gone through the, mm-hmm. the would you let him out of the building? Uh, no, absolutely not. I would say you want twenty in million person. Here you go, yeah. You want to? Oh, you want to bring in a GM? Sure, come on. Uh, why? You, I, they need this. Yeah, they, I and they struggled at quarterback. So guess yeah. what? You have him fix whatever you got, or go get somebody. Maybe Brady does come with him. Who the hell knows? He'd stay in that same lame ass division. Yeah, and right now it's not real. real NFC good. South is atrocious. Yeah, not real good. Yeah. So one of the things that we were discussing uh, off air during our break is, you know, now we're looking at. Let's say that Sean Payton. Goes to, we'll just say Carolina. Carolina or Denver. Let's say it goes to one of those two teams. Then you look at the candidates that the Texans have already interviewed. You've got Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator. You've got, uh, they've requested an interview with Mike Kafka. Haven't gotten that yet because the Giants are still in the playoffs. You've got Jonathan Gannon, defensive coordinator for Philadelphia. Um, ben Johnson was a guy. Uh, that they interview, but he's going back to Detroit. Ijero Ivero, defensive coordinator for the Broncos. D'Amico Ryan's uh, defensive coordinator for the Broncos. No, so for the, the 49ers. Question, I'm sorry, for the 49ers. Ivero is for the right. Denver Broncos. So I pose a question to you, and we're going to talk about it at the top of the hour, but let's just go in the playoff teams. Yeah. We can go in. There, there's, there's some, and you say, look, how about what their identity is and who's the head coach? Offense, defense? Mm-hmm. I think that's worth a when we come back, worth a yeah. conversation when you're thinking about who you're going to hire, have a look at it. Right, because then you, that's, and I asked you a question, who was the uh, most successful coach in the NFL that at one point was a defensive coordinator? I'll and, tell you the most recent in my mind. I'm talking, when we say successful, I'm not, I haven't even looked at it, I'm just thinking. Pete Carroll's Super Bowl ring, right? Mm-hmm. Should, should have had two. Super Bowl ring. With, I mean, he, he, defensive guy started, defensive back coach line, and Pete Carroll, defensive guy. Belichick's the best of all time, defensive coach, and as a head, you know, he was a defensive guy. Saban in college, defensive guy. But in the NFL, I'm trying to think over the last, oh, I'll tell you who's, who's the, in my mind, the best coach. I'm trying to think, I think he's always been on defense, is Mike Tomlin, if I'm not mistaken, where he started. Some guys have done both, but where he cut his, I believe Tomlin was a, a, a defensive coach before he got the head coaching job in Pittsburgh. He's the very best. Yeah, so he was a defensive coordinator for Minnesota. There you go, then with he was the, the defensive backs. He's been on defenses his entire, whole life, right. And except I, for at Arkansas State, which he was on the first, offensive side. Which he was coach, a wide receiver. There coach. you go. Yep. I knew he'd, he had a lot of these guys that are assistants do both sides, get a feel for all of it. 
Mike is the very best coach. Pete's good now. Mike, Mike, I think Mike and Pete defensive side. Robert Sala's good, but we're talking about guys who've sustained it. Obviously, we know Belichick. I, I would say that Pete and him are the two best defensive. Now, I'll tell you who's making a charge is Sean McDermott as a defensive coach who was a head coach. He was a defensive coordinator for Andy in Philadelphia, and McDermott's the, off, the, the head coach in, in uh, Buffalo. And his defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, has been a head coach. So it's the, worth a discussion. Yeah. It's worth a discussion. So what, and who's their identity? What's the identity of Buffalo? Right. Even though they got great defense, you know what it is? Guess who's going to get more? I mean, Ken Dorsey's now become the hot guy, too, in Buffalo, right? And Leslie Frazier's done some great things. So are more people looking offense or defense? Yeah. Worth a talk. We'll talk about it next on Sports Talk 790. Time for a new... It's a whole new ballgame around here. A new sound spectacular. Sean Salisbury. NFL quarterback, Sean Salisbury. Long-time friend, Sean Salisbury. Brian LaLima. This is the all-new Sean Salisbury Show. Final hour of the Sean Salisbury Show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. Rockets taking on the Hornets tonight at Toyota Center. 7 p.m. tip-off, 6 p.m. launch pad starts on your home for Rockets basketball, Sports Talk 790. The Cougars beat Tulane, stay undefeated in AAC conference play. Ben Johnson returning to the Lions, taking himself out of head coaching considerations. We had Ian Rappaport on at 8.30 this morning. That interview will be up on our blog, sports790.com, after the show. Um, And one of the things that we discussed with Ian Rappaport was Sean Payton. And if you're out on Sean Payton, Sean and I were discussing what should you look for in a head coach? Who should you get? Should it be an offensive mind, a defensive mind, so forth and so on? So I posed a question to Sean. In today's NFL, who is the most successful coach that is defensive coordinator? So what we're going to do this segment... Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll right now, not named Bill Belichick because that's, that's at a different level. Who cut their teeth defense and now is a defensive head coach. Right. Is a head coach that coached on defense. Right, because you look at the candidates for the Texans, you've got a few offensive coordinators, you've got a few defensive coordinators. So what do you want as your identity going into the future? Well, let's start here. Jacksonville... Okay, so we're going to look at the playoff teams, right. current just, playoff just, teams. Just, just the four, all of them, the okay. 14 teams, Jacksonville. Doug Peterson. And offensive coach has always been an offensive coach. Andy Reid. Sorry, on, you I'm, want gonna, me to... I'm going down the list. Okay, okay. The, the L.A. Chargers is a defensive guy and who's probably scrambling around to make sure he saves his gig, but good coach, but had some difficulty. So, But young, bright, when they brought him from the Rams, loved him, right? And now he's, he's got some proving to do. Zach Taylor has already been in a Super Bowl offensive guy. Played the, uh, John Harbaugh, neither. John Harbaugh was a special teams coach. They rarely are guys that get hired permanently. John was with Andy Reid for a long time. Another, and think about this, of the three already, Doug Peterson, Andy Reid, John Harbaugh, Andy Reid. That's two of the first four coaches we mentioned. That's more important than offense or defense, apparently. Buffalo, Sean McDermott, defensive guy. Miami, Mike McDaniel. Offensive guy. Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians last year, offensive guy. Todd Bowles this year, defensive guy. Bowles is on there, and uh, their identity has been Tom Brady as far as offense goes, but they good players on defense, and you saw, I, I watched real quick, I'll just tell you. Uh, fortunately, me and my guy JB have some access, pretty exclusive access. We got all 22 um, from the Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. 
from from Monday night and watched it and broke some of it down last night. The scheme that they went in with against the Dallas Cowboys on both sides of the ball was putrid, and the Cowboys uh, demolished them. It was like some of the some of the stuff was high school stuff. Um, I meant to say that to talk about the scheme earlier. Some we watched, and Todd Bowles has been a hell of a defensive coach. It's tough to do both, obviously, offense or defense. His 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 game plan. They looked ill prepared on both sides of the ball, uh, and Tom Brady did not play well. He was bound. Tom Brady used to aim small, miss small. Remember when he'd miss, it was close. Mm-hmm. You look at his misses on Monday night. They 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 were where's Waldo, dude? Yeah. And that doesn't normally happen for him. Um, that just a little sidebar. Dallas off uh, Mike McCarthy offense, Minnesota. Uh, Kevin O'Connell offense, New York Giants Brian Dable offense, San Francisco 49ers Kyle Shanahan offense, uh, Pete Carroll offense in Seattle. Then the other two remaining teams were obviously with the bye, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, and that is uh, offensive guy Nick Sirianni, and then for the Kansas City Chiefs offensive guy Andy Reid. And uh, so it's majority offense. We would, uh, Todd Bowles is, is highly regarded in this league as a coach. McDermott's doing one hell of a job as a head coach in Buffalo. And um, they're struggling a little bit, even though they got the playoffs, struggling a little bit. Uh, Seattle did a great job with Pete Carroll. He, I don't know how he withstands the test time like he does. He's phenomenal. And then, obviously, we see in, uh, Staley in, in L.A. is having his troubles uh, game-managing stuff. He's, been, he, he's a big reason why... Um, we have questions about their organization. I think if you bring in a defensive coordinator as your next head coach, that head coach cannot also call plays. I think you have to bring in another defensive coordinator. How I many got times news have for we you. seen... D'Amico Ryans or Jonathan Gannon are here. They're calling their own plays. So you think they will also be the defensive coordinator I think well. Jonathan, they're both young enough to where they don't want... The reason why we're hiring them is why. Why? Because they're young. Right, innovative. No, because they got to this point. Oh, because of because the, what of their they were great doing? defenses. Right, but how many times have we seen in the NFL where defensive coordinators are also head coaches and they call plays oh, yeah, and it same doesn't thing work with out? Offense, though, too. Sometimes, I mean, sometimes, sometimes, but... probably a little more successful offensively. But here's my point: is how long have they been in the league long enough to have the guy they want to hire that they want to take their defensive scheme out of their hands at their young age and turn it over? A guy, now, if you're a guy that's been in the league twenty years. And you get hired? Pete Carroll? You've seen enough guys come and go. You say, okay, that's the guy that has my ideas. I want that. Has D'Amico or Jonathan Gannon seen enough of guys that they trust enough, at least in the first year, to call defenses for them, being the fact that they got this job because why? They're great play callers. My guess is, my guess is that if Mike Kafka comes here, D'Amico Ryans comes here. Jonathan Gannon comes here. Sean Payton come here. They're all calling their own place, at least to start. It's the guy. It's hard to let go of what you're great at. We don't know if any if three of those guys are going to be great head coach. We know Sean Payton's done his thing. We don't know if they're going to be a great head coach. So you know what you do when you have when all else fails. Who do you trust the most? Yourself. Your own damn self. Yeah, yourself. To get it done. And and it takes a lot. Putting pride and ego aside is a tough thing to do, brother. When you're trying to, when you're trying to build something. Real. So there you have it. Let's get to Chad. What's going on, Chad? 
Okay, guess we're not going to go to Chad. Where's Chadwick Hello. at? Hi, Chadwick. Uh, Hello. We, yeah, there we go. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we got you now, Chad. Sorry, we're having a little tef- right, technical difficulties on uh, our thanks end. For taking, <laughs> thanks for taking my call. Guys, I'm just going to uh, ask this real quick and then hang up and listen. Sean, why is Mike Kafka being considered and somebody like Greg Roman is not being considered? This guy changed the whole offense up for Lamar Jackson. He would do a whole lot better job than Mike Kafka. Well, I don't, Chad, I'm not. I'm not so sure. I mean, I'm not to the point where I'm saying somebody do a whole lot better. I, I that I don't know with the personnel here. You pose a good point. I think Greg Roman's underrated. Greg Roman's been in Absolutely. a Greg Roman's been in a lot of different offenses, and to go from what they had with Joe Flacco to turn Greg and say we got Lamar Jackson that these are 180 degrees different players with Joe couldn't move a lick but could throw it and that was his strength Lamar has become a much better thrower but can dominate and much more dynamic skill set than Joe right and so for Greg Roman to implement a comp- I mean completely new system uh, Greg Roman's underrated but here's why once again People have seen a lot of Greg Roman, and I, I get what you're saying. I get it now, but I'm not going to suggest because I'm a Mike. I'm a huge Mike Kafka fan because I followed his career. He played quarterback. He's been with Andy Reid, who I trust, and he and he spent a couple years there. And if you look at that offense and the quarterback he was working with, okay, boom. Of course, you're going to be successful, right? Boom. Hence, the New York Giants come to town. Brian Dable's been the play caller, and he. Puts his he's look what he's done with Josh Allen, Brian Dable. Look what he did with that offense. Turned him into one of the three best quarterbacks in the league. Leaves, and instead of his ego and pride, he put his damn ass on the line and said, I'm not calling the plays, which is hard to do. And we just discussed it and turned it over to Mike Kafka. And what have the Giants done? Daniel Jones playing like he's a first round draft pick. They are the best offense. So I don't know who'd be better. But I think that one, because he's younger and we don't know enough about him, we're more intrigued. You're exactly right, though. If you're asking me if Greg Roman could come in here and do a hell of a job because it's not a sexy name now, he's had success. Greg Roman is highly underrated. Now, I don't know. Do they not think he possesses the leadership skills that he wants? I don't know what that is. I know one thing, though. He can coach offense. Make no mistake about it. And they don't always have the most explosive playmakers in Baltimore. They rely on Lamar a lot and defense. And the run game. So, yeah, you make one hell of a point, yet I'm not convinced to say how in the hell is Mike Kafka getting hired. Mike Kafka has got a chance to be special. When Mike Kafka was the quarterback coach, people were raving about him. And if it's good enough for Andy Reid to love him, I look at Andy Reid's tree, McDermott, John Harbaugh, uh, McDermott, John Harbaugh, um, who am I, Doug Peterson, I mean, I, I'm feeling pretty good that Mike Kafka's resume is pretty good. Greg Roman is underrated. There is absolutely no question about it. But I don't even know if Greg's going to get an interview this offseason. I haven't heard his name it's a in great, It's a great call, but yeah. he's not the sexy name. We love this new stuff. Right. Well, Greg Roman put in an offense literally overnight, it felt, and turned Lamar Jackson's career around with his great talent. They molded. And, you know, there's people in Baltimore that don't like Greg Roman. I'm talking about fans that want him out. It's amazing how quickly they forget, man. There's a name that is rising up the draft board, and he's a quarterback for the Houston Texans, or a potential draft pick for the Houston Texans. Who is he? He's not Bryce Young. He's not C.J. Stroud. That's next, Sports Talk 790. Trajan Wealth, looking to give you peace of mind. It's a local, trusted financial fiduciary. 
their number one priority is to make sure your best interests are looked after. Guidance on how to navigate, <clears throat> excuse me, a difficult inflation market. Trajan Wealth approaches wealth management by looking at longer time horizon. Their advice to clients is to focus on long-term financial objectives rather than the day-to-day up-and-down gyrations of financial markets. Give Trajan Wealth a call today for your free review. Trajan Wealth, give them a call if you want personalized and true experts that financial advice is their uh, obviously a big priority for them. When investing, they want to make sure that you have all the answers to your questions. They provide the personal touch of a dedicated financial team. There's no hidden gotchas. They're a fee-based model and data-driven veteran group led by Jeff Jr. Their goal is to establish a relationship that leaves you feeling comfortable and confident in your decisions, which is called building trust. They have expertise and will answer all your questions about interest rates, all the products that they provide you, and building something so they can eliminate the, the bumps in the road and smooth out the path on your way to retirement, whether it's 30 years away or now. No better time to get started than today here in January in 2023. And do it with Trajan Wealth, local and trusted financial fiduciary in Sugarland and the Woodlands at 346-371-3330. 346-371-3330. That's 346-371-3330 or TrajanWealth.com. Paid endorsement, no conflicts. Financial advisory services offered through Trajan Wealth LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. Wear a mask. Wear gloves. Wear leather and chains. What? Reminds me of that time I accidentally walked into an S&M convention. Hey, nice to see you. My back still hurts. Ow! Would be good. Oh, and speaking of back pain, back to former QB Sean Salisbury on Sports Talk 790. Get medieval on him, Sean. Entertainment. Take her to Wendy's. Can't keep her off. She wanna dip it like them fries in a frosty. But every now and then. This is the this is the worst song ever made. I hate this song. This song is awful. Like the absolute worst song of all time. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Rhino. Keep that going, Rhino. Rhino, keep that song going. Let's get that mic going, huh? Let me hear. Keep that thing going. I was talking and talk back to him. Applebee's song. The worst. No, you can't. No, you can't get down to this. This is called Fancy Life. This is a banger. No, oh, it's this not. Song Walker sucks. Hayes. You know it's another, the worst you, of all time. You know another song I don't like that's not a country song, even though this is Country Wednesday? Western Wednesday. What is it? I, I like the what it means for kids. What we play to The happy song. By F- Farrell? Done. Pharrell? Farrell. Farrell? Yeah, I, I can't do it. Because I'm happy? I, I like the... The first time I heard it, but by the 400 millionth time I heard it, unless there's 12 year olds around, I, I'm gonna pass on that cut. I like, the th- you know what I'm saying? It's like, no, I agree with you. When a D- yeah, if I ever hear a DJ play it, I'm like, why, dude? There's a million upbeat songs you could play. Ryan, what yeah. was the last time you DJs, DJed? Oh, like years or like recent, uh, somewhat I mean, recently? To properly DJ, it's probably been two years, but I mean, whenever I'm working in a event as an MC, there's a good chance I'm like, you know, just plugging my phone in and playing songs. Playing some music. So yeah. you don't play happy. No, God, no. Oh, thank you. No, unless it's like a kid's event and it's like necessary or requested. You're yeah. jamming Baby Shark over Oh, Baby Shark is a great song. Great song, da, da, Baby da, Shark. Da, 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 da. What's it? That's Walker by Dog? Walker, Walker Hayes? Hayes? Yeah. Walk your ass right out of here with that. Walk that BS. song right that out? That song sucks, dude. What if they did a duet? No. Like, he started doing that and they started in, and then you put... Uh, 
uh, is it Pharrell, right? Is that yes, his? Yeah. You, you threw him a in there. Up. Yeah, and uh, exactly. And Ryan collab. was spinning up. Oh, yeah, a little clo- no. Yeah, you got to collab, dude. No. Dun, dun, And then go right I'm happy and I love you. Like that says you want to back to No, absolutely not. Let's get our own, we could do let's get our own collab right now with that. We can. I'll be the dun 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 Freestyle it, brother. I'm not doing that. Maybe Dominic can. What's up? Let's go to Dominic. What's up, Dominic? Hey guys, how y'all doing? Good. Okay, I got a two-part question. Y'all, please forgive me. I'm a little bit under the weather. But not so much of a question, but just a statement. Sometimes, the way I look at the Texans, it's like addition by subtraction. They say, we know two, three years, whatnot, and it's well-documented, and they themselves down. And, and Sean and, and Brian, you guys know I'm about to say, I'm not trying to take it to the biblical state, but sometimes God tears things down to build it back up right. This franchise has never won a, a real championship, but as far as the division goes, it was, the, it, was the, it was the Colts and the Texans for the most part. And I probably believe at some point they're going to get back, get back to that. But now they're being mentioned, you know, on Colin Cowherd and whatnot, in the likes of Sean Payton. If they can get Sean Payton, it's not even an ill, in my opinion. They have the, they have the draft capital to, to make this happen. It's just it depends on if Sean Payton wants to come here. If that was to happen, that's immediate respectability inside that building, inside the league, around sports in general, because he's well he's well known and well renowned. However, um, the McNairs have have saw the the the, the 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 way they've done business, and they're, they're coming out more and have been a little bit more vocal and have been a little bit more sane. And I don't I don't feel that this is totally a necessario uh, decision, which is why I firmly believe as much as this decision will go to have D'Amico back. To me, Sean Payton is the guy. To me, he is. He is. To me, if you get Sean Payton, that's a game changer all within itself. As far as the Rockets is concerned, please, you guys, let's say I'm sick. Sean, Brian, how much longer? Uh, you can't have double-digit losing streaks in a season. I believe it's done. Like, like, Dominic, I'm just like going to tell you now. I did, I did by the end of the, in 2020, if it continues to go like this, you, you'll have a new head coach. But, Sean, you can. I don't even I don't even understand how it's still going like how right. still without due respect, you know, I understand he's a nice guy, he lost his father. All right, but the, on the business side, it, you, you we came into the season, you know, in tree, nice young talent, good young talent, and they have that. Okay, they play hard. Yeah, we said the same we can say the same thing about the Texas with David Cody and also with Lovey Smith. But this is an eighty two game season. And you have a 16,000, 17,000-seat arena that is also being half empty. On the other side of the coin, Tim Fertitta is a businessman, an impatient businessman. And I'm a University of Houston alum, so I love what he's done as far as our, my institution is concerned. I don't, I don't understand how, how he's even, how Coach Silence has even made it this far to the season. They used to be watchable. They're not even watchable no more. I don't care if they have these video game numbers as 133, 143 points, because that's the way the NBA is now, unfortunately. They're not even watchable no more. Those young guys, those young kids don't even play together no more. They're a bunch of, bunch of individuals that, that really truly have not figured it out yet. So I'm just wondering, is he even going to make it to the end of the season? Guys, love your show. I wake up to you guys every morning before I even turn on the television. That's the honest to God truth. You guys are my morning coffee, and y'all keep doing it. Take, take care. Man, Dominic, appreciate it, Dominic. Uh, great compliment. Hope you feel better, love brother. That, Thank man. you. Yeah, that's, that's on the way. We don't take those compliments lightly. I promise you that. To the Rockets real quick. 
Um, I, I, listen, I, I, I would I, not be shocked if it happens and John Lucas takes over at some point during the season. I, I would not be shocked about I wouldn't do that. But meaning people hold their horn. We may not have to wait. I mean, he makes my point. He makes a good point about what do we hear about when just we'll, we'll talk Lovey Smith. Yeah. Oh, they play hard. Yeah, I don't care. You're supposed right? to play hard. Whether Same you're thing 21, we're about the you're 20, 20 years old, 21, 22, 23, 24 years old. Guess what? You should play hard. Yeah. Okay. You should play hard. Your, your, your legs are still fresh. Don't come see me when you're 35. And then you should still play hard if you get on the payroll getting paid. Is the improvement. Yeah, we can't keep making excuses. You just can't. I Listen, I think Coach Silas is a hell of a man. I do. But Tillman Fertitta is also a very shrewd businessman and is successful. I don't care what it is. Business people like him... What I always say about billionaires and millionaires, brother, especially billionaires, they ain't used to losing money. And they're not used to losing because no matter, hey, you're a great businessman. But, oh, you're the owner of the Rockets. That stuff, that's why they're great. Everything they do matters. They got 80 million streams of income. But they say, for Tillman Fertitta, my belief is this isn't a hobby. He may have a lot of money, a lot of interest, but I can tell you, detail. I wonder when his pay, I'm not making a decision for him, but when the page finally says, listen, we're going to make a switch, and then we'll find out who we're going to hire next year. I don't think Dominic's wrong or, or far off at all. As far as it goes with Sean Payton, I'm with him there, too. He's spot on on both. If, you can, if Sean Payton wants this job, get it done. Period. I don't care who else wants it. Now, if he doesn't, then you got to go about your business. If Sean Payton wants the job, he's, he's your guy. What was the uh, when we were talking about the Rockets? We were going to pose a question of if you took Stephen Silas and put him on another. If team, I told you real quick, you, and, you, and that's, so that's what I want to tease for for next yeah, segment. If I said we got some callers calling in, Stephen Silas, Rockets. the head coach in Boston. Stephen Silas, the head coach in Brooklyn. Is Stephen Silas the head coach in Denver? Is Steve Stephen Silas head coach in Golden State? Been assistant in a lot of places. I'm not dog. I'm just curious. I don't. I don't know what everybody's answer would be. Would they still be as good? Yeah. We're going to talk about the Rockets and Steven Silas. When does the patience run out with Steven Silas as the head coach? That's next on Sports Talk 790. But first, a word for Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Get into a new custom Silverado for $5.99 down and $5.99 a month with approved credit. Or they've got great lease options right now, like $2.99 down and $2.99 a month with approved credit. Sean's driving one. I'm driving one. They're phenomenal trucks. They look good. They are so smooth. Good gas efficiency as well. Yeah, that's right. It's a truck and I'm still getting almost 20 miles to the gallon on the highway in my custom Silverado. They're the GM dealer of the year 12 years in a row and they have more inventory than anyone else and it's evident as soon as you pull into the dealership at Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Oh by the way they got some new Corvettes over there at Classic Chevy Sugarland so get online or head over to the lot. You can catch them at ClassicChevySugarland.com ClassicChevyHighway6.com and if you need to shop on a Sunday Classic Chevy Highway 6 is indeed open on Sundays. Ask for Jeff or Tiffany Sebastian and tell them that Brian LaLima sent you. And we're back. The Sean Salisbury Show continues. Little Drake, a little something bumping, thump, thumping on the wheel ride. The mix and our drinks a little stronger than you think. So get a grip, take a sip of that Whee, feel baby, ride. there ain't nothing better than a little Florida Georgia line to bring us all back on a Western Wednesday on the Sean Salisbury Show. It's how we roll, brother. Featuring Luke Bryan. Everything on the wrist is how we roll. 
tell you what. This is how we roll. So this song, if I'm not mistaken, came out in like 2014, maybe. Dude, I like this how we roll, though. Why do you do that? I don't know. Yeah. What is that? So I feel like I'm really bringing it down. Well, we this song right. came out in 2013. Take it a down. So a today's Wednesday. Can you turn that up just a bit, a smidge? Pick it up. A so at about, I don't know, back in 2013 at about 8.30 on a Wednesday. Wednesday. I'm probably knocking down some Bud Lights, headed over to Jake and Matt's house, and we're getting ready to go to the bar. Dollar, dollar beer night at Big Texas. Up in Sprang Sprang, jamming Florida Georgia line. Classic. Ready to get out there and cut a rug. This is how we roll. A song can bring you back to Whoa. one specific moment in life. It's wild. It is crazy. This is better than Walker Hayes, that's for sure. Oh. That's saying something. Yikes. We're talking Rockets. These, these guys patched up their differences? <laughs> they haven't. Got oh, somewhere man. lost on the border of yeah. Florida and Georgia. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they're right on the line. Yeah, they are on the line. One's on one side of the line, and the other's on the other side of the line. Do you think Georgia's uh, pissed off that Florida put that name first? Could in the name, perhaps. Maybe that's what they're pissed off. Is about? it an alphabetical yeah. thing? Could it have been Georgia Florida line if they didn't care about? Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. it, I mean I don't it, know. it flows. I mean, we make it flow because we have always heard it that way. You know way. what? I'll get Brian and Tyler on with us. Uh, later this week, and we can talk about it. Oh, first name basis. Type. Yes, yeah. That's, it's that's nice to be we, down. That's how we roll. It's, it's, yeah, that's how we roll. It's hey. nice to be down like four flat tires on an eighteen wheeler, isn't it? But there's more than four flat tires on an eighteen wheeler. No, there's more than four tires on an eighteen wheeler. That's why. But imagine if you're down. Right. If you have four flat tires on an eighteen wheeler, yeah, you are bad. down. Yeah, you're down bad. Stay with me on this, okay? <laughs> okay. Hence why I said 18-wheeler. We know there's more than four tires on an 18-wheeler. because there's 18. 18 right. Bingo. Yes. Don't be, the guy you, on, don't be the guy on Twitter only reads one sentence. Okay. <laughs> selective <laughs> or they hear it right. selective right. And four, yeah. one would flat would slow you down and stop right. you, right? Imagine How, 18. Imagine four of them. Imagine. So... So we're going to change it to down like 18 flat tires on I mean, an 18 wheel. Imagine being down 18 tires on an 18 wheel. So your, your metaphor would be like, hey, hey, we're down like a spare on an 18 wheeler. Pretty much. Right. Yeah, man. Four flat tires on an 18 wheeler. Right. That's an all timer. We got to put that in the log. Hey, Sean, uh, there's more tires than four on an 18 wheeler. Hey, well, really? Ryan, put that in the log, please. Yeah. And then uh, let's, let's, get, to, let's yeah. get to Randall. I want to talk about John Lucas. What's up, Randall? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Man, it's a great show. But uh, what I like to say about the Houston Rockets is no matter where Silas go, he wouldn't be a good coach. You know, some people are made to be just assistants and trainers or whatever. So, you know, I, I would like to just stick to my profession, whatever it is. But John Lucas is a great guy. But the Houston Rockets, it, it wouldn't make a difference if John Lucas or anybody. The Houston Rockets need culture. And, and, and one of the biggest problems on the team is Porter Jr. I, I go to a, a lot of Houston Rockets games, and I have looked, watched John Lucas try to give him instructions, and he brushed John Lucas off. Porter is going to be a problem for the Houston Rockets no matter who coaches that team. And, 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 and watch what I – and I'm going to call you guys back and remind you that he's the poison on that team. He don't respect his elders. And if he don't respect John Lucas, he'll never respect any coach that come there. That's just like Steve Nash. The players do not respect coaches. That's why coaches come and go. Great coaches are good people that can become great coaches. Do not allow the players to run the team. 
See, I'm a black man. They might accept that more a little bit better than what McNair said. And I understood what he was saying. You cannot have a team and let the players run the team. Because if you do, you're going to continue to lose and people's going to continue to go. That's what happened with James Hart. He wanted to run the team. And he needs to stay gone until Fatita has to keep control of this team. And any owner of any professional sport do not allow the players to run the team. You'll never win, and you'll forever have problems and lose. Randall, and, and, go ahead. And, and not only that, uh, the Houston Texans um, should get get a, a quality coach, Peyton, no matter what it takes. I don't want to see nobody else there. So so what we should do is, is let's pick up the pace, but you can have, just like I was mentioning from the beginning, you know, we have to stick to our profession. That's just like Bob McNair was a great owner, but passed it on to his son. He's not a good owner. Some people are good at what they do, and some are not. So we need to get quality people here in Houston. Thank you. Great stuff, Randall. Listen, I, I think he's – listen, if you get Sean Payton, you get him. It's that simple. Yeah. He's a golden ticket in this uh, cycle. Now, and there may be other ones, but going in, we know who the golden ticket is, right? And here's here's another thing I'll tell you. And Randall's 100% correct about this. I And listen, we hear that the first thing you hear when someone's a young person at times, not a blanket um, uh, umbrella statement, but when you hear a, a gentleman who's respected and Randall calls in, you know what the first thing people say? We've all, oh, oh, these older guys, they don't get it. I've heard that from me. Respect has no, respect has no age on it. And there is one thing about it, and that's why I'm, Randall and I are on the same page about this phrase it different i can't stand player empowerment oh we know i can't yeah, stand talked it about it quite i a can't bit. stand yeah. it i want player involvement right and respect and that player and player uh i don't want player empowerment let me tell you something whether you whether you think the coach is the best hire or not let me tell you something dude whether it's here and i don't know about porter juniors and relationship with them but if it's true and we see it a lot of times just brushing it off like i'm more important than you we have a problem in sports, and, and it's in society, too. Whether you want to hear this crap or not, it's a fact. In sports, in society, in schools, everywhere, that if you're over the age of 40 and you say, oh, you're, an old, you're, you're too old, as if when you're 22 with all that wealth of experience you got, that you're supposed to teach somebody respect. Where do you think you learned it? You learned it from your mom and dad and people sitting at home, the same old people that raised your ass. I have a listen. I'm all about players' involvement and respect. Always have been. And you, when you command respect when you walk in the building through leadership and inspire people, they'll respect you. That's all part of it too. If you let, if you give, listen. You keep changing and moving the goalposts. People will laugh at you. If you're a player, you ain't giving anybody respect. So you got to earn it. it. Ain't given. But once you get it, as a player, in any level, whether it's the Rockets, you and I coach in high school, I don't care. You're my friggin' boss. I can have differences with you, but I will respect you, whether I like what your philosophy is or not. But I will respect you. And that's the way it's supposed to be until you get somebody new in there. But I'm, 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 I'm amazed. And then we'll just let it blow it off, like going back to, you ain't a leader when you walk out on your team with a game because you're frustrated. You're a punk for that week. You get my point? Mm-hmm. I can't stand it. And so I don't think Randall's far off. Listen, if you want to run an organization, go get it. Go, go to school for it. Go do something. Put a coat and tie on and go do it. I am so t- – uh, he, he's right. I don't know about here, but I'm talking about anywhere. If you want to see a building crumble, 
make sure it has no leadership or respect in it or res- leadership or respect for it. Listen, have you ever dated a woman that I you, have. I mean, or a guy, whatever, you, I don't, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm going have you, I, I'm not going to, <laughs> I saw a couple pronouns, okay, I, no, I'm kidding. If, I like women. Have you, okay, have you ever dated one that you lost respect for? Uh, yeah, absolutely. How long did it last thereafter? After I lost respect? Yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, it, it, it not not very it did long. All the pizzazz and spite, all the all it the went fight. out the window quick. Right? Yeah, it did. It, it became just going through the motions. It, it did. Name me a name me a time when respect goes out. Whether it's I'm talking about goes both ways. Man, player to coach, coach to player, uh, husband to wife, it, wife to husband. I bring business. it into to everyday life with your job. Right. That's there was a uh, that's my point. Yeah. There was a uh, a job that I had at one point that. I lost respect for a lot of people, especially in management, and my desire to be there went out the window. And guess what you did? I left. Uh, say it louder. After seven years. So the people in the I back left. of the air. Right. So when respect goes out, whether it's the coach hasn't earned it, I can damn well tell you with John Lucas, he's earned his respect. So I don't know what goes on there because I'm not in their locker room. I'm talking about everywhere. But Randall's right. Your job is to play basketball and to communicate and lead. Their job is to do it, and it's the same on every team. But when respect's lost in anything, you can pretty much say it's done. Time to move on for whoever's where the respect is a problem. If you can't garner it, get out. If you can't give it, go find something else to do. Yep, so what should the Rockets do with this current season? Should they move on from Steven Silas? Should they ride it out? And the show next on Sports Talk 790. Oh, have we waited for plumbing? Hey, it's Jeff Blum. You've got more Sean Salisbury. To pick up where he left off. On Sports Talk 790, home of your Strohs. The show here on Sports Talk 790. Sean Salisbury, Brian Lima, Ryan Money. Let's get our last call in. Been talking rocks the last couple of segments. Let's go to BK in Pearland. What's up, BK? BK. Hey, hello, gentlemen. Um, I want to talk about the Rockets. Um, every time they run the starting lineup, they have Eric Gordon starting. And I'm wondering, am I the only one that wonders why isn't K.J. Martin starting instead of him? Uh, You talk about Silas. I'm wondering whether he's handcuffed in that matter, whether uh, they're trying to put Eric Gordon up for trade or they're trying to get the number one draft or be potentially get the number one draft choice. And I'm wondering, uh, what do y'all think about that? Uh, Is it... Coach Silas, or is it the higher echelon thing? Keep running Eric Gordon out. And as well, one more thing about Joshua Christopher, uh, a great talent. Why is he not playing? And that's my uh, question. Thank you, BK. We appreciate that. Ryan, didn't you uh, have yeah, some thoughts I, on Josh Christopher? I can attack just about everything BK said. Oh, you're going to attack him? I'm not attack BK. Oh, I'm going to answer his questions or yeah. his statements. Um, I think we've been speculating all morning, especially after this John Wall audio, of whether it's Silas not necessarily being the best equipped head coach, if it's Stone telling him to tank and play certain rotations and things like that. There's been a lot of speculation there and that. I don't think we'll ever really find out the answer unless there's like a 30 for 30. I actually think 
that there's a percentage of all of it that's true. I think, yeah, and that's what it also I was going to say to BK. Is everything he said is basically true. I think K.J. Martin should be starting. I think that Eric Gordon gets to start because they're showcasing, he, they're him. showcasing him. They are trying to trade him. Does Silas have complete control of his rotations? Maybe not. You know, it's so it's a little bit of a factor of everything. And then Josh Christopher, we brought that up a while back because I've been wondering since basically the start of the season why he's not getting minutes and not playing. And when Silas was asked about it, the only answer he gave was that he's not a proper point guard. He's not a true playmaker, which, I mean, he played 72 games for us last year, looked great in summer league. So I don't really know what changed where he goes from a backup point guard to he's not a good playmaker. So... With Josh Christopher's future, it's uncertain. I, I don't know what is going to happen with him. But to me, it makes more sense. He was a first-round draft pick, technically. I know he's like the 24th pick, but Dacia Nix was undrafted. So if anybody should be getting backup point guard minutes, to me, it should always be Josh Christopher and now Ty Ty Washington, not Dacia Nix. So you can't have all three of them either. And sometimes they use all three of them, and it makes no sense. Well, I mean, it's just evident that there's got to be something else going on. Uh, and with yes, maybe they want the, yes, they want the first pick. And that's right. the last part. Yeah, and, they do want the first pick. And I think it's, it's evident, like I was going to say, is that there's got to be something coming down from the front office to Steven Silas because there's absolutely positively no reason why Alperin Shingun should only be playing 20 minutes a game. Because we're going to go get Oscar Shibway. Like that, don't you? Who's Oscar what? Shibway? What? You don't know who that is? No. no. I think his first name's Oscar. Check it so out. you're not even sure. I don't even know. I know. Shibway is a player of the year candidate. Are you kidding me? I know exactly who he is. Okay. Go ahead and look. You're not yeah, going to spell it right. Even, yeah, I'll say Google. Yeah, you're not going to Oscar Sheboy. with T. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched last night. He had Kentucky about 30-plus last he's night. Kentucky. He's, a, he's, a, he's got a, a chance at player of the year going in. He was one of the leading candidates. I know who Sheboy is. 37 points, 24 rebounds Yeah, because I don't know Georgia. Him. Yeah, I don't know who Baycott or Sheboy or any of those guys. Get the hell out of here, dude. I was a basketball player first. You were? I'll never forget that. Yeah. Honorable mention All-American. Throw that one in there, you too. Were? Street and Smith. Yeah. Okay. Street and Smith. Yeah, that's the Street and Smith magazine, which is the equivalent to Hoops American. Uh, well, whatever. You know what it, it was a top basketball magazine in the country. So you should be just humble brag it. Yeah, Back to nice, good delivery. Fact. Yeah, good I mean, if you're going to question if I know who Oscar Sheboy is. Well, I don't think I, we're do actually, I don't Hoops think we actually coach. question you. Yeah, kind of. More. No, you I, really no, didn't. I just assumed no. it was a throwback player. I did not that's realize what we you did. You thought I was going back to back like '74. Yes, we did. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame. If I said Baycott, would you say the same thing? Who? Yes, he would have. Would he? If I, if I would have said Baycott, well, who's he? I don't. Oscar Baycott? No, no, there's not two Oscar. <laughs> no, okay. Oscar Everyone's named Shibway. Oscar. I don't know. North man. Carolina. Well, another player of the year candidate. I thought you best rebounder sure. in America. I thought you were for sure going back to seventies. I, I know that's why I did it and because Oscar you guys Shibway. thought I was and you guys thought I was going to be in a wealth of useless yeah, knowledge, right? right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure things will change in this article. I might have said Wes Unsell dead. Yeah, and right now he's a potential second round pick, but I'm sure he's going to move up the board. This article is back in the beginning <laughs> Listen, of December. The truth of the matter is, Shebway's not a lottery pick. I was unless all of a sudden somebody fell in love with him. He's a hell of a player and player of the year candidate. You just wanted to drop. I his just name. like his. That's right. I'm just. I wanted You're to throw his name guy. in there. Yes. Hey, let me pay. Off you know that, and I can I go to the nickname. I have to call him Sheebs. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no doubt. Sheebs. Up Sheebs. Let me pay off a tease that I teased yesterday and today, and we just didn't get to. You know, you mean, so much, you mean you the know, tease the that you just were going to leave out there? Yeah. Right. The name that keeps climbing up that everyone yeah, keeps talking I'm sure about. It's Will Levis. Will Levis. He's got a big arm, big body, big arm, big that's body. That's the crazy thing about it. Is that's exactly what said. Hey. Big arm, big body, smart. Is it, is Make it, all the throws. I read it, it dude. I'm, I'm telling you, this is what you're going to hear, and he is going to crush the offseason because 
He looks good in a t-shirt. The part. He's going to go Somebody's into gonna his fall pro day. Jacked up. And he is going to launch oh, yeah. a football 70 yards, 80 yards. Going to move well, smart, high football IQ. He's going to throw real the Did not have a good season. And here's the, what they're saying. Was it just one of those things, Yeah, you know, a season? Or was it the fact that they didn't have the right coordinator? Now, they went back and rehired a guy, Stoops did. Brought back a guy who was, I believe, with the Rams? Yeah, his name's Oscar Thibodeau. No, it's not. No. There's no Oscar Thibodeau in the league, <laughs> but you thought I went back and that Oscar Shibway was did. was a like like played against Dave Counts and Wes Unseld. Uh huh. And you know who those two guys are, right? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan whispered in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Dave yeah. Cowens on the way out. What team? And was he ever an MVP in the league? Brian or me? Both of you. You already Googled uh, it. No, I have not Googled. Uh, he is a Celtic, and he did not win MVP of the league. Celtic and did. That's my talk. What? Quick, go ahead. Dave Cowns, MVP. <sighs> Look it up. Yeah. Well, Left-handed. Probably won it back in, what, the Mid-range 60s? jump shooter, about 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, yeah. Drafted in 1970. Mm-hmm. He, Hondo, Havlicek, old group. Wealthy, useless knowledge. Give me Dave Cowns. Was he ever the MVP in the NBA? Trying to find out. Yeah, let's see here. Two-time champ, three-time All-NBA, 1972-1973 NBA MVP. <sighs> he's no Oscar Sheboy. No, he's tell not. You that. What a way to end it. That's going to do it. Rhino, way to go, Rhino. Yeah. yeah. Let's get your guy some minutes. You need your guy some minutes at the point, right, Rhino? It'd be nice. It'd be nice. Uh, there's a lot of things I'd love for them to do with that rotation, and uh, I think BK made a great point. Let's uh, let's get KJ Martin more minutes, and uh, Brian, like you've been harping on, let's get Shangoon more minutes. Yeah. BK, have, have it, it your, your way. way. You That's going to do it. Yeah. That's the way we go out. Flame broiled. That's it, man. On fire, just like That's the it. show. Damn right. Four hours every morning. For Sean Salisbury, our producer, Ryan Money, I'm Brian Lima. Thank you for listening. We're back tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Don't go anywhere in the trenches is next on Sports Talk 790.